And we are live. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Fresh Air Podcast, man. We got Tom Nash in the house. We're going to talk about money, guys. We got a lot to talk about. Let's get into it. Let's go. Right, and we are back, guys. Welcome to the Fresh Trip Podcast, man. We got Tom Nash in the house, man. Welcome to the show. Thank you, sir. Thank I've you. Love Tom that intro. I've, I've known about Tom for a long time. Uh, you know, he would lurk in the comments a little bit, uh, but I watch yep. his channel. Grace Grace like, fantastic financial content, man. So I wanted to put you all on, guys. Um, we're going to talk about some things also that, you know, I've, I've listened to in his videos, and I was like, you know what, man? I would love to have a discussion about this. And sorry we're late, guys, because we we're actually having a discussion right before the show on some classified stuff that we may not be safe for YouTube. Yeah. But um, I'll never, never forget, uh, Tom Nash, I first heard of you from Grant Cardone. You made a video about him. I was like, what's the guy to say about Grant Cardone? And then from there, <laughs> um, right, we'll go so shout out to you, man. So uh, we're not even going to go with the announcements because we're a little tight on time, guys. And we want you guys to get the most sauce out of this show. But I'm going to just shut up. And Tom, can you please int- uh, introduce yourself to the audience for those that may not uh, know who you are? The GOAT? Yeah, I'm Tom Nash. Uh, I do financial education on YouTube. Um, I, in my education, uh, I have a law degree, an MBA, and uh, international tax LLM. I work for a big investment bank. And after that, for the past 10 years, I work for one of the big four consultancies, uh, basically doing transactional work, due diligence, M&A, all sorts of things. And for the past two years, I've been full-time on YouTube, uh, educating people on finance, stock market, and economics. And I'm excited to be here. I've been a fan of the show since the early days. And it's amazing to see you guys almost at a million. Yeah, man, and we're a fan of you, my friend. And as you guys can see with that resume, very qualified to talk on money. Of course, this isn't financial advice. There's just some guys chopping it up on YouTube talking about um, fiat currency. So, <laughs> so um, Tom, I guess, can you give us a quick little bird's eye view of where we are in the financial market um, as far as like, um, you know, there's so many things going on with inflation, the potential recession, yeah. gas prices, the conflict in Ukraine, uh, reserve currency status. There's so many things that we can talk about, but I guess yeah. can you give a quick little summary where the hell we are right now in the world when it comes to money. Well, today we had a good day for the first mm-hmm. time in a long ass time because it's been a while since we had anything come out and it's better than expected in our economy. In mm-hmm. fact, I can't, I can't even remember when we had a good day. And today, the inflation numbers came out, and the anticipation was 8.7% year over year. And somehow, it came out even lower than that. So we beat expectations, and lower is better in this case. Mm. And the stock market is having a party. Everybody is saying, well, we peaked. We beat inflation. Everything is great. But I think we're exaggerating. I, I know you guys are into fitness. And since I'm trying to get into fitness more myself, I have a very similar dilemma right now as far as the Fed, I think. So I've been working out a little bit lately. I'm seeing the gains. I'm losing weight, getting a little bit leaner. So there's two options to interpret that as a human being, right? One is to say, well, 
I'm getting motivated to work even harder. I'm going to get even to more regime. I'm, I'm seeing the results. I'm going to be more tougher with myself. Or you can say, well, I've arrived. I'm just going to have a pizza today and do nothing, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And I fear, and sometimes that happens to people, right? And I fear that because we had such an incredible surprise with inflation today, the Fed is going to be uh, pressured by politicians who are not always looking for the optimal long-term solution yeah. to say, well, we've arrived. Let's have some pizza. Let's ease yes. up from the, from the pedal and let's have it. We're good. We're Gucci. And that really is terrifying to me because you know what happens to people who lose weight, start to see gains, and then they slack off. They yeah. come back fatter than ever. Yes. Exactly what's going to happen with inflation. Good analogy. Good analogy. Yeah, nice. So, so you, so you foresee, um, with us actually, you know, beating the trend that we were projected to go on, we might that might actually hurt us in the long run because the, the politicians, as usual, typically aren't the best long-term thinkers. Yeah. Well, every politician thinks as far as T minus whatever he's got left in office, right? Exactly. So, so they don't really care more than that. Uh, I think that it's unlikely that the Fed will make a mistake by saying, well, we've arrived, let's just ease up. Because look, I'll just want to explain this real quick. I don't want to make this too much into like this academic discussion, but the Fed really only has one way to fight against inflation. Mm -hmm. They can fight against inflation by sucking out the money from the market. Yes. Because when you have less money, less spending, right? Prices come down, the whole demand destruction thing, right? The way they do it is by interest rate. You raise interest rates, money is more expensive. There's less money in the market. There's just mm -hmm. kind of a very oversimplified explanation. Yeah. So the Fed has to make a decision because doing that will cause inevitably a controlled recession in the United States because you mm -hmm. cannot do that and not cause a recession. And politicians obviously do not want a recession. It's bad for business, even though they know it's necessary. It's like a kid who wouldn't take his medicine. Mm. So, the, so I don't think the Fed will make a horrible critical mistake like that because I think they understand the nature of the situation. But you remember how in the past few days we had the debate on TV by politicians who are trying to explain to us that we need to change the definition of a recession? Because oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You remember that shit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The White so, House put it out because uh, we officially yeah. hit a recession. But they're like, whoa, 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 hold on, hold no, on. No, but, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. yeah go ahead. It's literally like changing the rules of the game mid-game so you yeah. don't lose. <laughs> so if I would have told you that U.S. politicians would do that a year ago, you would laugh at me. It was like, no way they're going to do that. It's stupid. Yeah. So for me to say the Fed ain't going to do something stupid at this juncture, after everything we've seen the past year, I don't know. Uh, I think that unlikely that this is going to happen. But um, because, look, the Fed knows one thing, which I think the viewers should know as well. Uh, yes, we are slowing down, but we have eight and a half percent inflation. Yeah. Just to give you an understanding, the normal inflation, there's a good inflation. No inflation is also bad. A good inflation is 2%. Yeah. So we're four times higher than where we should be. By the end of this year, at our best case scenario, we finish the year at 6%. By the time we get back to 2%, best case scenario, two to three years. Yeah. So easing up now is like, uh, is like you know, you, you, you have to be a complete idiot to do that. But hey, politicians and complete idiots, yeah. I don't know. And, and I don't know. We yeah. got we got the midterms coming up, and then you know, obviously, we, they're going to have to aggressively continue to increase the interest rates. And then Biden, you know, he's already <laughs> looking pretty bad. So, is it in his best interest? You never know, right? So, um, well, they'll tell you that the Fed and the government are completely independent, and they'll yeah, explain to you how they have nothing to do with each other. But ask yourself this question: Who appoints the Fed chair? Is Biden, right? Exactly. So yeah. there's definitely a relationship there. So I wouldn't say they're completely disengaged, although like officially they are. But look, also don't forget one thing. There's a lot of pressure on the Fed. If you're the Fed chair, 
you're literally trying to to do this incredible balance act, and people are very critical of John Powell, including myself. But he yeah. has the toughest job in the world, bro. He yeah. has to somehow cause a recession, but not too much of a recession, so he can <laughs> slow down inflation, but not too much to slow down inflation within the reasonable time, so that the politicians don't lose their jobs. Yeah. So, whew, that's a tough gig, bro. You know, say say it like that, because well uh, yeah, because I mean, it, that's tough, and I mean, he's got George Gammon on his ass too. So, <laughs> <laughs> George Gammon <laughs> so every time he comes on the show, oh, it's fucking fed, oh, you know. So, so it's uh it's funny, and I, and I'll tell you guys this: I'm under contract right now for two properties, and and I'm feeling it, man. They they, they quoted me at a fucking eight point one two five interest rate, man, for for one of the houses that I'm under contract yep. for. You know, obviously Damn. it's uh you know me putting down twenty percent, but if you put twenty five percent, it brings it down. But it's it's definitely still spiked. I mean, last year I was buying houses at three four five percent at the highest. Now we're up free to money, damn near eight percent. So I got to buy points to bring it down. So um you know so what you're saying obviously Tom is is spot on. Like yes. Um, the, the only way they think about it this way, Myron, you're buying a property right now yeah. versus a year ago. So you're mm-hmm. buying a property a year ago. You're an investor. You're, I know that you are actually an investor and you're in fresh actually buy properties. Yeah. So you used to buy properties at whatever ridiculous, I mean, non-existent interest. So whatever the, yeah. the, the, the Delta, the spread between that non-existent interest and your ROI is basically just free money. Yeah. So you would over leverage yourself up to wazoo as much as you can, because you're literally getting free money. I bought free money from the government. Show. Seven yeah, buy properties. Yeah, exactly. What happens when this interest rate starts to spike? So the, the gap starts to close, right? Yeah. But what, what also happens is because the gap starts to close, there's less demand for housing because people are like, oh, shit, this is like getting too dicey. So the yes. demand also comes down. So this gap is actually kind of a snowball effect feeding itself into what seems to be like a correction in the real estate market in the next couple of years, I think it's inevitable. But if you hear to the doom and gloomers that are talking about the stock, the real estate market collapse, the real estate market ain't going to collapse. That's absolute nonsense, but it will I agree correct with you. because I agree with yeah. you on that. And the reason why it's not going to collapse is because this isn't even me just speaking like as a real estate investor, like I, hell if it collapses, fantastic. Cause renters are still going to be there. So I'm not worried about that as an owner um because you could buy houses for even cheaper if there's a collapse so let a collapse come but it's just like from a practical standpoint we're five and a half million homes short uh you know in the united yep. states so it's that it's not going to collapse and on top of that with the interest rates going up people can't afford homes so what are they going to do they're going to rent you know and so, also the bank's going to learn the lesson if you go back i'm 42 years old i know like yeah. I, I behave like i'm 25 i remember but i'm old you know. ass and uh, I, I lived through the 2008 housing crash. Yeah. So what happened in 2008 housing crash is that the banks were absolutely stupid and they automatically <laughs> foreclosed on everything. So then you have like the banks stuck with this inventory of houses. They have no ability, capability or any skill set or any experience on how to sell these houses. So they just dump it into the market and absolutely collapse the entire economy. This time, how many foreclosures we had during COVID? Zero. Zero. You're right. They literally learned the lesson. So yeah. they... Plus, you have more equity now in properties, more regulation. There's way more uh, checks and balances. The stock market uh, is right now in a place where, uh, sorry, the real estate market is a place where it's definitely overheated. If you see it like, a, um, it's like a penis in Thailand whorehouse. It'll, but, uh, <laughs> it has to come down a little bit, but it's not yeah. going to crash. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, and you made a fantastic point. You know, everyone's hoping for a real estate crash. Like in 2008, when the real estate market crashed, it was because they were giving out a loan if you had a pulse, you know, like, oh, yep. you're live? Okay, we'll give you free money so that you can buy this house. You know, there wasn't private mortgage insurance. There wasn't any of this stuff. So 
um, nowadays, it's not easy to get a loan. You know, even me when now when I'm as an investor, I still got to yep. give them pretty much. They know everything about me except for like my dick size. It's ridiculous. And they and so, you know exactly how much liabilities you have, how much salary, how much income, everything. Yeah. It's a lot to get a to get a loan, and they run your credit. They see they do yep. crazy debt coverage um, analysis. They do a whole bunch of different um, checks on your uh, as far as like your debt to income ratio. So yep. it's not easy to get a loan, especially as an investor. An investor, you got to put twenty percent down. You can't put twenty percent down and get a good interest rate anymore. You got to put twenty five percent down. Even on a refinance nowadays, it's tough. Yeah, to get approvals. Yeah. So it's you know it, it definitely with the real estate market. I don't I don't foresee a crashing. Tom, but, I'm yeah. curious about your thoughts on the car market. Is that going to crash? Oh, is it crash already? Good question. Because um, well, I'm seeing things in the marketplace now, but like, what's your, what's your uh, spin on that? Well, I'm not a car expert, but it's a really good question. So uh, the, the, the little bit I know about the car market tells me a very interesting story. Mm-hmm. So just a few years ago, let's say five years ago, I tell you, look, uh, Fresh, you can, here's a thousand dollars, right? Mm-hmm. Get yourself a lease. You can get a freaking Hummer, bro, right? Mm-hmm. What do you get right now for a thousand dollars on a lease? Honda, a Honda Civic, bro. I don't yeah. know. I don't even. Yeah, I don't, something Honda. ridiculous. <laughs> not that. No disrespect <laughs> to the Honda Civic. Honda, don't sue me. But I mean, just okay, using they, it as a bitch. They, they, they suck. I got one. <laughs> <laughs> they're reliable, but they're not sexy. You ain't gonna get no hose with them. Yeah, there's no, there's no pussage going on in that car. Yeah. But anyways, so <laughs> what I'm saying is that, like, with that amount of spike, and at, at, at Every day, like a Toyota Corolla, Honda Civic levels of car leases, what's going to happen when the economy slows down? Because they, they, we just mentioned a moment, a moment ago, you remember when I told you, the mm-hmm. Federal Reserve has to slow down the economy, yeah. which is what we call the control recession. So they're talking about destroying the demand. So that's a very uh, political word to say everything is going to go to shit for the middle class. Okay. So if you, uh, and you can see that already happening. Uh, there's a you guys can check it later on google there's this benchmark called uh, the personal savings rate and in the u.s right now we're at five percent basically that's like free cash flow but for individuals yeah so people after paying taxes and 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 loans and everything they have about five cents on the dollar in their pocket and that's the lowest we had since 2008 by the way so not a coincidence so what happens when your free cash flow is going down you start to prioritize so obviously you pay food and you pay lodging first you need a place to stay. You need food. What's the first things that starts to go? What are you going to default on? Cars. You're going to default on car payments. Yeah. And you look at the reports that came out in Barron's just a few weeks ago that the car repositions uh, over the past few weeks have doubled uh, yeah. year over year. That. Yeah. So it's not looking good for the car market. Definitely. Because uh, so a buddy of mine, he does um, you know, auctions and stuff like that for uh, Vegas. And before COVID, Everything was like super like empty. No cars were there. Now, after the COVID hit and then current spike in car prices, it is full of cars. Re- repossession is at an all-time high. So my thing is, if they're all repossessed cars there, what's going to happen to the average per- uh, buyer now? Because they can't afford payments. Mm-hmm. But it's and look at what happened. Like It's not even just about cars. Look at across the board. So just if, I know you guys, you guys, of course, you and Fresh and Fit, you both read diligently the entire a quarterly report by Walmart. I'm sure of that. But in <laughs> case you haven't, <laughs> I'm going to give you the highlight of what these mother lovers said. Please, we didn't read and it. They said some, yeah, you read it, but I'm just saying it for the audience, obviously. No, right? we didn't read it. So, no, we, we didn't read it. We didn't read that shit. <laughs> nope. No, it was me and some accountant in Iowa, the only <laughs> ones who read it. Uh, but basically what they said was very interesting. It's very similar to what Target said just a few weeks before that. Yeah, They were saying, look, guys, and um, people are just not spending as much 
on anything that's not necessity right now. They're buying gas and food. They literally don't spend anything on, on discretionary products. So we will have, they said it in the report, we will have to reduce prices on apparel, furniture, and electronics, our best margins in, in the store. So the loss leaders are there to get you to start buying furniture, apparel, and electronics. So we'll have to reduce margins on these items. What this means in corporate talk is basically we're going to have less money. So we're going to be making less money. That's a corporate talk for we're going to have to lay off some people. Yes. And yes. having laying off some people means that even less people will have less discretionary income to spend, which leads to even less spending, which would lead to this snowball effect where the entire retail community is going to con we're going to basically implode into itself when demand is destroyed, as the Fed is planning to do. So cars, uh, retail, everything, everything that's discretionary is going to take a massive hit. So mm. unless you're selling, like, look at what's going on right now. Coca-Cola, McDonald's, they're doing fine. Non-discretionary stuff, gasoline, housing market. But eventually, as this cascades, everything will suffer because then people will go out less. Uh, you know, uh, Coca-Cola and McDonald's obviously eventually will also slow down. And eventually, even the housing market will do it. Even the hot job market they're talking about right now. Yeah, that's just the last thing to go. It's a lagging indicator. So I think we're heading to a recession, not this year, but definitely next year. That's a good point, because I want to buy a yacht to do like yacht rentals. Right. But then my, my boy was like, yo, hold on. Look at the market. What's going to happen is when people have less money to spend. Yeah. They're not going to go on yachts. They're going to only buy what they need. So that'll be a bad bet. So you're right, bro. Yeah. I mean, um. <laughs> I'm just like taking it in right now because in my head, like going back to the car market, I'm I'm in my head thinking like, why were, how are people able to like, did people not have to make car payments? Because I got my car paid off, so whatever. And mm -hmm. we had our Range Rover, we're paying it up, whatever. It's no big deal. Yeah. But like for all the people that were like, because people were buying cars, overpaying for them, and you couldn't even yep. get a car. I remember for a bit, you were paying more for a used car than sometimes yep. brand new car last year Facts. because all these um, you know, car makers stopped making vehicles. So how the hell did all these cars, I, I guess people. That, what the, okay, as you guys can see, the car market is not my expertise whatsoever. Yeah. This is fresh. No, but your point. The one thing I'll tell you, you're right. Uh, in America, people tend to live above their means. That's yes. kind of a cultural thing. Yes. Uh, living in Miami, you guys know that for a fact. I mean, everybody drives a car; they can't oh, yeah, afford. Cap City, dude. Cap City. Yeah, sure. so, but when things are good, right, and you're getting paid and you have money, that's great. But. The problem is with living that lifestyle of living paycheck to paycheck, trying to flex and have more than you can afford, is that the moment things go south, and let's say you lose your job or your boss says, hey, I'm going to have to cut your salary 30% if you want to keep the job, then all of a sudden you're like, oh, shit. And that's where I want people to understand. There's a certain amount of responsibility you guys as viewers of this channel need to have going into next year. Uh, Okay, I'm hearing myself twice now. Oh, do we have another uh, tab open, Mo? Nah, no, everything's muted. I think we're good on, on our end. Yeah, might be you have something open, Tom. Tom. Give wait, us one wait, second, wait. guys. Technical difficulties real fast. Here's Tom, you have a stunt double, Tom. Yeah, you have a stunt double, bro. Officer Nash. What do you mean a stunt double? <laughs> Is it what is it your computer or because we don't have any no, I don't think it's right, Mo? Oh, no other tab. Is it is it, is it your earpods? No, my audio is coming from my head from my headset. That is so weird. Hold on. No, my audio is coming from my head from my headset. Okay, hold on. Let me reset. Okay, switch it to us, Mo. 
We'll read some super chats while we while we do that. All, uh, right. all right. So uh, I'll read some of these real quick while he fixes that. Marriage cause divorce goes. Breaking news from UK. Most births in 2021 were from unmarried couples for the first time since records began in 1845. This is part of a long-term trend. MGTOW men guarding their own wallets. Okay. <laughs> uh, the Chinese are coming. Run. That's from Taiwan. Taiwan. Okay. Thank you, Taiwan. Oh, we'll t- actually, you know what? Let me write that down. Oh, we definitely want to talk about Taiwan because – that is also going to have talk about the future. Yeah, that's also going to have definitely consequences, and that might be another reason too why the car market is uh, the chips. Yeah, I'm back, guys. Oh, All good right. to go now. Okay, you know what happened? So I had the tab open on my phone, and I accidentally leaned on it and turned it on, and we went to my speakers in my room. So I was like, "Am I being? Is this a oh. ghost?" Oh wow! No, that happens to the best of us, my friend. I thought you were under attack, bro. Um, yeah, and actually, no. Someone left a super chat saying uh, someone super chatted in as Taiwan saying China is coming, which is hilarious. So I just wrote that down in my notes. No, that's nonsense. China isn't coming. Uh, oh, for me, okay, yeah, yeah. Well, let's, you want to talk about China a little bit? That's uh, an interesting story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So before we go to switch to China, did we hit everything with the car market? Because you, you were saying something about the car market, Tom. Or you were uh, talking about okay. Americans living above their means. That's what. Oh we're yeah, yeah. I wanted to give you guys a piece of advice. Yeah, yeah. please. So please. this is advice. And my advice is very simple, is if you guys know, everybody here is trying to take care of business. We as men have responsibilities for our families, for, for our spouses, for our kids, for ourselves, no matter if you're single or married, doesn't matter, right? So we, we are supposed to take care of business. It's our responsibility to, to, to know and identify threats as they come, right? Whether it's security, financial, whatever it may be. So if you know what you know right now, if you look at the picture right now and you're seeing, okay, so the guys who control the money flow have two options. One. Let inflation destroy the market or two, destroy the market in a control manner in a way that kills inflation so we can come back bigger and better like antibiotics, right? So if you're about to go on antibiotics for two weeks, you know, it's ain't going to be pretty. Your body's going to be weak. You're going to be, you have to make preparations, right? So the same thing here. So the first thing you do right now is you try and build a balance sheet. I don't know if you guys do that, but every man here must have a balance sheet. A Mm. company does it. A human being needs to do the same thing. Show, put on a piece of paper everything you own in this world and everything you owe in this world. Put them side by side and see how much difference you have. Unless you have twice more property and assets than liabilities, you're not doing so good. And that needs to be fixed because you have to fortify yourself against what's coming right now. And having more assets and liabilities is important. Number two. That's a good rule. Yes. So number two, that's how I roll. And that's, I want to, that's how I teach my kids. Also. Double assets versus liabilities. That's a fantastic yeah. uh, rule. Of thumb. Absolutely. If you don't have that, you have a problem. Number two, make sure that your housing costs are not more than one third of your free cash flow. That's, mm-hmm. that's important. You can't, otherwise you absolutely are screwed. Number, number three, what you do is you build a, a cash flow statement. You know how companies have them? Basically, yes. okay, this month I'm paying for this, this, and this, and that. I'm getting money from that, 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 that. How much my free cash flow I have at the end? How much I have in my pocket? Okay, and then you try and see, okay, so whatever I have, good or bad, let's see how I can improve my cash flow. If you're the CEO of your life, of the company that is your name, CEO you game. have to, <laughs> exactly, play it like a video game, exactly, gamify it. How can I improve my free cash flow and get a better score? Okay, first of all, whatever is not essential, whatever is not necessary, cut it out. Cut it out. There's absolutely no need. You know, for example, my 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 friend Graham Stephan, who runs a big YouTube channel in the financial education space, oh, yeah. he's a millionaire. He doesn't drink coffee outside. He only drinks coffee at home because he calculated it's like five thousand dollars a year, just that alone. He made a whole and video about it. No. And then he yeah, said, coffee company. Yeah, that was hilarious. Yeah, yeah, and he's a millionaire. He can afford it. But I mean, it's yeah. it's just a concept, the principle. Yeah, trying to figure out. Okay, what do you must have? What you must must not have? For example, 
The other day, my wife's car broke down and we had to make a decision. We either get it fixed or we buy her a new one because the car is a little bit, you know, it's a little bit clunky and she's not that big into cars. And I was like, let's just get you a new car. And we went and we look at this, uh, this SUV. And last second, I was about to close the deal. I said to myself, you know what? Not a good time right now to add fixed costs to our daily income or to that daily spending, right? You're buying a car, whatever it is. You, so you're adding more payments. So don't add more payments to your free cash flow right now. Decrease payments. If you have credit cards that are high interest credit cards, pay them off before buying yourself yeah. a new video game and stuff like that. Kill your debt as much as possible because debt is about to get more expensive. Fortify yourself against what's coming because you know you have about six months until the feet hit the shan. So you have plenty of time. So instead of playing video games and spending money on hookers and cocaine, fortify <laughs> your financial structure so you can withstand and come out of it in a year without any serious harm. Yeah, some regular I mean, that, that was some, man, you got yeah. a fucking holy shit. Very, very practical um, advice, simple to follow. Um, I mean, I like the idea of, you know, you should have double assets versus liabilities. Yep. And yeah, I mean, and and here's the thing: most people can't say that. And, and if you guys can't say that, hey, I don't have double assets versus my liabilities, then you need to figure something out. Whether you need to start investing, get more, get your money up. A lot of people have an income problem too. You know, they, well, they, here's a way to fix it, real quick. You know please, how you can fix it? Please. Okay. So number one, they can do what you guys are doing: start a business, mm -hmm. create value, get paid, create a side hustle, yes. create value, get paid. You want to just. Uh, you can also improve your own skills in your own industry. For example, if you're an accountant, you can you can get licensed in other stuff and create more value for your boss and then ask for a raise or go to another place. You can in, uh, invest in courses to improve your skill set. You, there's a lot of things you can do to improve your hireability, uh, sustainability, and income that you generate. You don't have to become a millionaire to survive this. All you have to do is just improve your ability to make money. For example, I used to have a job, a high-paying job, which I, I was a freaking nightmare. I was working pretty much until nighttime. Come back home, and I used to run the, this uh, uh, this other business online, which I come back, and I'll do this business, and then I went home, went to bed at 2 a.m. Didn't need it for the money, but I was like, okay, let me create some diversification in my income. So if anything mm -hmm. happens, I have this little side business. And by the way, that's how my own channel actually was born nice because that business led to a youtube channel which i then pivoted and then i started making videos about what i understand just for fun and people started fucking with it and that's how the whole channel was built same so, here yeah but yeah, it started out of a passion you know it's funny though tom made a very good point yeah if you're someone that wants to invest think about it people ask all the time fresh myron what should we invest in Invest in yourself, bro. Because yeah. when you invest in yourself, you get skills and you can do better for yourself as well. So absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right. So I'll read so who they fire first. Let's say you're in a big organization, right? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So who gets fired? First of all, they fired the most expensive employees. That's yeah. rule number one. Unless you're in sales. Sales is a whole different metric. Sales, if again, you have if you're in sales and you're performing, you can take a shit on the boss's desk. You're not getting fired, right? Yeah. But except sales, which is a whole different department in itself. First of all, high pain, if you're the highest paying organization or your, your category, you're probably getting fired. If you don't have a relationship with the bosses, you're getting fired. Mm -hmm. And if you're if you're underperforming, you are getting fired. So you can improve it. First of all, create networking, create relationships with the people who make the decisions. If the wave yep. comes so they know you and they know, oh, I know this guy from, from accounting. I don't want to fire him. Create skills, add value, and make sure that you basically create this. When the tidal wave comes and there's layoffs, you guys are... Your name is not on that list. Bam.
There yes. you go. Very good, guys. Yeah. No, you got you to make yourself indispensable, guys. Corporate and America. that's very important. Um, all right. I'll read some of these chats real quick, and then we're going to go ahead and transition over to uh, the reserve currency, which is actually a really interesting topic. All right. So Taiwan goes five bucks. The Chinese are coming. Run. Okay. We'll be talking about Taiwan and China here in a second. Uh, Scrummer PA, uh, five bucks. Thank you so much. Grills Vision goes 10 bucks. Shout out to Big Mo. Mejor del Mundo. They not ready, bro. Rod Eric, appreciate the mentorship and road to one million party. Finna be Liddy, FNF Dallas gang. Remember, guys, uh, willing to be figured out. Yep, absolutely. What can I do to start? Uh, do I do? What can I do to start crypto? crypto. I know, I know nothing. nothing. Where do I go? Where do I need to go? Do well. You've missed my friend the crypto course with Miguel and Charlie. Yeah. But go check them out. Another round coming up. But for now, check out our channel. Yeah, cultivate yeah. crypto and dollar cost crypto. That's from Tim. Um, and that's from uh, Tim. Uh, we got Feel A. Can you wish my boy Big John a happy birthday? Happy birthday to you. Ten bucks from Church bro. of Patrol. Ask Tom what he disagrees with Tate on. Uh, I mean, that's not. That's, I like Tate. Yeah, I was gonna. I say. think he's exaggerating, but he's he has a point. Actually, uh, Tom, you're you're very crit- critical of people, right? Like, just yes. real quick, one line comment on Andrew Tate. What's your take on it? It's Does hard he... not to like him, bro. I started off not liking him so much. The more I watch him, the more I like him. It's very, yeah. it's very irresistible. I saw this thing where he was uh, with Aiden Ross on the stream. Mm-hmm. And they try to help a wingman, Aiden, not Aiden Ross, another streamer, I forgot the name. Some other kid. I don't know these kids. I don't know the names. Nope. But some kid who was completely like no social skills. And he was wingmaning the kid into getting a girlfriend. Uh-huh. I was like, this is, this is super cool. I mean, that's the, that, I fuck with that, bro. There you go. All right. All right. Fair enough, Top man. G. Uh, okay, and we got 10 bucks from Adrian C. Content like this is why I honestly watch the show now. The, na- the nice shows with the girls are great, but this is where it's at. We got y'all, Ben. We hope you guys get girls and money. I've seen many economic uh, crashes in my time. BBC gang, stay strong, and that's from Elder Fresh. Okay, okay <laughs> Elder Fresh, thank you. Uh, vivid visual, that picture is hilarious. Myron, look into the aviation market, buying and renting a private jets are sometimes just as good, if not better, than real estate. I don't know about that, my friend. Um, last thoughts, five bucks. Uh, so will cars be cheaper or more expensive in 2023 and through 2024? What's your thoughts on that, Fresh and uh, Tom? Uh, Tommy, you want to go first or you want me to go first? Well, that depends on how the economy performs. Uh, I think it's inevitable there's going to be a pullback in the, in the at least in what's going on in secondhand cars, bro. It's absolutely pandemonium. This is not sustainable. Yeah. If the economy goes sideways and everything goes to shit, uh, you remember that movie with Mel Gibson where he was like the captain and they went over to some place and they're supposed to take over. I forgot the name of the movie, but the, there was a sergeant there. He was a bit older. And it's like Mel Gibson's character was asking him, hey, uh, Someone in the chat's don't gonna you want it. a gun? Don't you want like a gun? And it's like, Sonny, by the time I need a gun, there's going to be plenty of them on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> and like the same, if the economy goes to shit, the car price is going to be the last of your problems. Yeah, me. that's true. That's true. You, yeah. What's up, guys? Myron Gaines here, one half of the Fresh Fit Podcast. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, guys, Anchor is totally free. You don't need to spend your own money. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Yeah. And like we said before, first thing that happens is your car gets repossessed anyway. That's the first thing people stop yeah. paying. So uh, here's my take on it. Yeah. So if the car market, right, keeps going how it's going right now, and used cars are still high price, people mm-hmm. can't afford them. So the demand is going to be lower. If that happens, you're going to have a lot of inventory that they can't get, get rid of. Yeah. So if it, if it continues that way, 
then they have to lower car prices because at that point, if they want to sell cars, you go lower the price. That's, that's just my take, though. Yeah, and car salesmen have a lot more you know leeway to change prices than than they'll tell you. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> flexing this with is car. putting that out of business, bro. In what 10 years, we won't have car salesmen. It, you, who's putting them out of business? Oh, Tesla is destroying the whole dealership model. Yeah. Oh, are, are Even those, those apps where you can just buy a car instantly from, from, from your phone, you don't need a car salesman anymore. No, oh, you customize your own car. You you put an order on your phone. You get it delivered to your home. There's no dealership. There's no. There's nothing. Tesla? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you shit. Can even do, I, I forgot the name of the app, but you can just like put the car you want, put the specs you want, and they bring it to you. What? After this, you can go over to Tesla and try to order like a car and see how simple it is. It takes like 10 minutes. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. Yep. But but and there's no upsell. There's no. I'll give you like free upholstery for another like you know the shit that they try to do to you in the dealership. They do like, <laughs> a, a, they do like a little like a spending thing where they says like looking for the best price possible. I mean, yeah. you could Google yourself to see the best best price, but like they say hey, we're giving you the best price, so you kind of have that like. Carvana, yeah. I think. There you go. Carvana. Yeah. Carvana. Okay. Very interesting. All right. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm riding my Honda to the wheels for a while. That's, that's the genius of Tesla, by the way. Think about it this way: if mm-hmm. Ford and GM have dealerships. That's a markup, right? They have to pay for you have to pay for the markup. Absolutely. So if Tesla cuts out the middleman, they can sell you the car cheaper and make more money than the guys who sell you for more for, for a higher price because they don't have the cost, the fixed cost of running the, the dealership, the salaries, the everything. Everything is absolutely cheaper. Mm, that's that's why Tesla has the best margins in the business. Like GM and Ford are running at like seven or eight percent margins. Tesla is running at like 25 percent margin. That's Sheesh. fucking insane, man. Yeah. All right. Um, and then what else we got here? Two more chats. Okay. Gareth Winter, uh, flexing with a car is bad investment. It's literally money wasted. Why spend two to three K monthly to make ten to twenty K uh twelve K a month? Wasted uh, income, invest it instead. Okay. I would say the only way it makes sense is if you're leasing your car and it helps with your taxes as well. But it has to make sense for the business. Yeah, yeah. If you're exact you're buying a car, yeah, you're getting a car that's six thousand pounds, then 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 we're talking about you know, depreciation and actually getting something out of it. Uh, working harder than I need for the powder keg that George Gammon called it for the upcoming fire sale. When the market, uh, when sees the market red. sees red, I'm going to stabilize slash save my own free, uh, future. Zentience. Yeah, there you go. Shout Smart. out to Zentience. I can't even read. I got to get my glasses. I got you. Um, yeah, you got it fresh. Uh, we got Spirit Gunner Rosen Gang, Spirit Bomb, says, you realize you're improving my point, right? I know. Sorry, joke. Heart. Oh, he says, Myron's favorite quote. You realize that you're proving my point. Okay. Shout out to you, bro. All right. So uh, I think I want to talk about... Uh, oh, you're back. Okay. Um, sorry, guys. I'm blind. Glasses. Um, Clark Kent. Yeah. All right. So uh, so oh, now we're going to move on to... Tom, you're, you're muted again. You remember the episode where some guy showed up to Andrew Tate's show and he left? Yes. Oh, yeah, 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 You guys know that was? <laughs> that was yeah. like, I was watching that live. I was like, what yeah, just yeah, happened, yeah, bro? It was, it was some crazy fan. I'll tell you this. When yeah. Andrew comes back, um, uh, he's going to come back at the end of the year. We're going to have AR-15s in this place. Yo, We're going to be ready. Yo, you know what's funny, though? He was like, I got hands today. So, yeah. If you see these videos online, he can he can throw a punch. No, Ooh. for sure. For sure, Yo, man. I want to see the fight between Jake Paul and Andrew Tate or Logan Paul and Andrew Tate. We're going to talk about that tomorrow. Okay. Tomorrow, tomorrow. That tomorrow. fight is going to make so much money. Bro, oh, so yeah. much money. Dude, it's going to be crazy. That's the biggest fight on earth. Um. All right, so um, so okay, so we're gonna talk about the uh, reserve currency, the U.S. dollar, and um, and we could talk about China and Russia and Taiwan and all that other stuff. So you made a video, Tom, which I thought was a really good video, really well made, um, about the U.S. dollar. You don't anticipate it losing reserve currency status anytime mm-hmm. soon, um, and you listed a multitude of factors as to why 
the U.S. dollar isn't going to, you know, lose re- uh, currency status, reserve currency status. And I guess we can kind of outline that real quick, and then you can give your future predictions, and we can talk about the Chinese and Russian dollar. Yeah, uh, I I think there's zero percent of that happening of the U.S. losing the reserve currency status. But there's a lot of people who preach for that. And if you go back in history and you check how long they've been preaching for that, you may find that this isn't something new. There's a lot of gold pumpers, all sorts of people with the books and they want to sell or businesses in China and stuff like that. So there's a lot of um, everybody has an angle when they're talking about China. Mm-hmm. I have no business in China. I don't pump gold. This is purely my own academic opinion. And that's mm-hmm. very rare whenever people talk about China. Yeah. Because uh, yeah, check who's talking before you decide. So let yeah. me give you the honest, objective truth about the whole narrative that spiraled out of control about this China taking over. Now I've been hearing about the collapse of the U.S. dollar since I was fucking in my mother's womb. These guys <laughs> are like a—they—they're not—they're worse than the broken clock. They're a clock with no freaking dials. It's just basically there's—it's not even right twice a day, bro. Mm. So uh, absolutely nonsense. Look. When I was a kid, I wanted to be an NBA star. I really wanted to be an NBA star. Can I be an NBA star? Absolutely not. Do I really want it? Yes. Oh, Does man, China really, cool. really want the status of reserve currency of the world? Sure. Do they have a chance? Pretty much as much as my chance of getting into the NBA at age 42 with my fat ass. Not going <laughs> to happen. The reason is because, look, China deserves a lot of credit. They deserve a lot of credit, bro. They went from a $200 billion economy in the 1980s to the second biggest economy in the world with $20 trillion in GDP. That's mm-hmm. a huge turnaround, bro. Yeah. Their, their, their industrial base is absolutely insane. They have absolutely killed it in their growth. Mm-hmm. Now, there's caveats to that because I think their growth, we can talk about it later if you want about the Chinese growth okay. because it's a topic I mean, in itself, which is man, very interesting. Bro, we, we're not going to stop you. Go ahead. If you think it's relevant to the... No, no but let's stay on the topic of the reserve currency. Okay. So look, Go ahead. In order, f- why do you why do you think the U.S. has reserve currency status? It has it for a multitude of reasons, but the most question. technical one of them all, it's it, it it's like the one thing that absolutely solidifies everything I'm about to say in a second is also the fact that in the 1970s, Richard Nixon pulled the plug on the gold standard. I don't know if you guys remember that. Yes, basically, well, I, was alive, the, I wasn't born, but yeah. yeah, but we know about it. <laughs> yeah, I was I was born in 1981, so I'm talking out of my ass. But that I also don't remember that actually happening. But there's a very famous picture of Nixon in uh, Saudi Arabia, basically. Yes, signing a deal saying, "Hey, we're no longer, yeah, petrodollar exactly." So you've done your homework. So yes. Saudi Arabia uh, basically calls the shots in OPEC. OPEC. You should tell the people though. You should tell the people because I I know the petrodollars, but they might not know. So don't okay, cool, cool, change cool. your story around. Explain it as if I don't have zero clue, please. Okay. Sorry. So you know how uh, in um, in NATO. Right, the U.S. and pretty much the U.S. calls the shots in NATO, the, yes. even though it's in a recession with multiple countries. Right, OPEC, which is pretty much the cartel for the producers of oil, um, the two countries that calls the shots is the UAE and Saudi Arabia, and yes. they go to get. It's like Canada and the U.S. They do everything together. They they're always aligned. They never disagree. So, and basically, if you if you Saudi Arabia basically calls the shots for OPEC. So in the seventies, Nixon basically made a deal with the Saudis, saying, "Hey." We're going to give you this and that and that and that. Obviously, they didn't just do him a favor, right? And in return, uh, you guys basically say that from now on, OPEC will only deal in U.S. dollars. Every single transaction that has to do with OPEC oil will be in dollars, which means 
that every single hedge against the transaction will be in dollars, which means that absolutely there's no other currency that will ever come close to the US dollar as far as demand. Because if who doesn't need oil? Everybody needs oil, right? Yeah. You need to buy oil. You need to hedge the transactions in dollars. You need to, to pay for the transaction in dollars. So automatically, you're creating massive demand for the US dollar around the world. Everybody needs it to, yeah. to trade in oil. So if you have this massive demand, what happens is that the US government can issue bonds at very, very cheap prices because what it's one-on-one economics, right? When demand is high, right? What happens? Everybody wants it. You can mm-hmm. issue the debt at a cheaper price. Pretty mm-hmm. much, it's a... Yep. You're basically, you know, paying almost close to nothing for the debt. And that's how the U.S. keeps printing money. So people talk yeah. about money printer. And there's no actual like, well, there hasn't been in a long time actual like money printer in that sense. It's basically issuing bonds. And that whole system is basically predicated on the U.S. staying as the world's money. Yeah. Right. And lately, this discussion has started to arise. Basically, well, China is taking over. China is going to dethrone the U.S. because everybody's so unhappy with that, how the U.S. is sanctioning Russia for what they're doing in Ukraine, and they're seeing the U.S. is evil, and they've basically they've, they've been exposed, and China is going to take over. Well, guess what, Sherlock? To become the U.S., to, to, to replace the U.S. as the world's reserve currency, you need a few things. To be the world's money, you need stable political environment, which China does not have. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to say that about China. Yeah. You need rule of law, which China definitely doesn't have. Ask Jack Ma, wherever he is right now, I don't know. Probably dead you enough. You need the world's best economy. And that, just to explain to you, when we talk about China as the second biggest GDP-wise economy in the world, as far as GDP per capita, mm-hmm. they're one of the poorest countries in the world. They're ranked like 86th in the world. Ah. So GDP per still, on population, like you on their- Yeah, human- you divide the amount of the gross domestic product by the amount of people you have to see how uh, much money people actually have. It's about one-fifth of what the US has. It's, okay. it's ranked like 86. Not that the U.S. is ranked first. The U.S. is ranked like 12th or 13th. But mm-hmm. China is like all the way down, like behind Botswana and fucking Nicaragua. I don't know. Oh, it's basically shit. a very poor country. People in China okay. does not have, it's not a rich economy in that sense. Okay. There's a lot of real estate developments that create GDP. We'll talk about it later. But the people yes. in China do not have a good life like in the U.S. Yeah. Not that there's so no poverty in the U.S. Between, between, there's a huge disparity based on between the rich and the poor. It's, it's huge. There's yeah. a huge disparity between... Uh, what the current, what the government worth and what mm-hmm. the actual life standard of life in China is. In the U.S., there's poverty, obviously, right? We know yeah. that. Isn't perfect. But there's still a lot of good life in the U.S. There's opportunities, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's no opportunities in China. China is absolutely a poor country. Damn. Not to mention the fact that if you want to be the world's money, you need a stable banking system, which they don't have. You need stable regulation, which they don't have. They just destroyed three companies of their own. They destroyed Alibaba. They canceled the Ant IPO, which is the biggest IPO in history. And they canceled a company called Didi Global, which was the Chinese Uber. Literally canceled it for no reason whatsoever. Because they did something, the same thing that Alibaba did uh, and many other Chinese companies did, which is go and go public in the US through a structure called the VAE structure. So they literally just mm. canceled the company just because some bureaucrat didn't like it. Because, Plus, because the entire Chinese. Uh, sorry, no, go ahead. Continue and I'll ask the question after. Yeah, yeah. And also, on top of that whole thing, the entire Chinese stock of companies that are listed in the US stock exchanges are about to get delisted. The SEC have passed a rule that they have three years to comply with something that everybody is compliant with. If you are a public company, the PCAOB, which is the public the, the public certified accounting oversight board, basically goes and audits your financials, right? And mm-hmm. the Chinese are saying, well, we're not going to let you do that because uh, we have nothing to hide. 
<laughs> yeah. We're not going to let you do that. Exactly. And the, the SEC is basically saying, well, if, not, if you have three years to do that, otherwise we'll kick you out. And it's been a year. They haven't done it. And it seems that like there's, it's not happening. So there's going to be a lot of delisting, a lot of there's loss of if you are a foreign investor and you're looking to invest $100 million anywhere in the world, right? A massive developer. Mm-hmm. Would you invest in a country that's basically absolutely shitting on foreign investments by losing money to foreign investors by delisting Chinese companies, not to mention the fact that their entire GDP is slowing down, not to mention that the entire GDP, even the slowdown is absolutely fake, not to mention they have a massive demographic problem. The entire Chinese population is basically collapsing under the weight of the elderly. By 2050, 30% of Chinese population will be 65 years and older, which means oh, 70% of people are the only ones who are actually working. And... They've done it to themselves by the one-child policy, which they tried to reverse and couldn't. So China has so many problems because that's why I laugh when people said, well, China is going to go after Taiwan. Motherfucker, China ain't going to do jack shit about Taiwan. They have literally problems keeping the lights on. They have existential crisis, like massive. There's protests in China. People are not paying mortgages because they basically lost faith in the government right now in 90 cities in China. Nobody's talking about that. So China is nowhere close to being the world's reserve currency. They'll be lucky to come out of this alive. Wow. Okay. Wow. Holy shit. Uh, for Don DeMarco right there for that whole breakdown right there. Why someone needs to clip that part right there. Why China will not become the world. We haven't said anything about the real estate bubble, which we can yeah, talk, we about need to talk about that here in a second. And matter of yeah. fact, we're going to kill the Twitch stream and we're going to kill the, um, the Twitter stream right now because uh, we're probably going to get into a little bit of a conspiracy theory stuff here in a second. Um, right. So, yeah, go ahead, Kellum. Come on over to YouTube, guys. So type in YouTube on Twitch. Uh, type in Fresh Fresh on, on YouTube. So come on over, guys, from Twitch and Twitter, because um, then this will we'll transition over now into um, the real estate issue with China and then Taiwan, because I, I definitely want to get your yeah. take on Taiwan, because uh, there's been some issues with Nancy Pelosi. She went over there to Taiwan to go um, meet with some government officials. And then China had a tweet like, hey, you know, we are ready for war, blah, blah, blah. Is that posturing? Is it fake? I, I guess I'll just turn it to you. Your thoughts on Taiwan. And then no, you're I'll- right. You're on point. You said point. everything correctly. You're right. You're 100 percent on point. Yeah. This is literally what happened. So do you believe that Nancy Pelosi went to, to, to Taiwan because she wanted to help Taiwan or she had an agenda? What do you think? Agenda. 100% agenda. <laughs> she's 82 years old, bro. She's 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 she, It's not her first rodeo. Yeah. Nancy Pelosi has a lot of problems uh, with the husband, a lot of problems with potential allegations about uh, some it's trading activity. I don't yeah. yeah. So Nancy Pelosi, uh, she's been beating the S&P better than hedge fund managers. So good for her. Congratulations, Nancy, for that. <laughs> Um, good for her. I'm sure it's legit. No problems at all. Um, but I'm not here to talk about Nancy Pelosi. You know, uh, let the lady be. I, I'm here to talk about China. So, you know why I knew that China is not going to do nothing about Taiwan? Besides, tell me some stuff. Like- I genuinely thought that I, I honestly do think that China is going to invade Taiwan. But hey, man, I'm always open to listening to people that may have. Well, better invading Taiwan is not that easy. First of all, they're. Myself. I'm not a strategist in military, but they're heavily militarized and they're badass motherfuckers. Excuse me, my language. Sorry, but they're. they're, they're that's fine. Yeah, that's they're not a country to be fucked with, bro. Taiwanese are not suckers, bro. They're like badass people. They're mm-hmm. militarized. They're an island. There's going to be. It's going to be a challenge, bro. If you think okay. uh, Ukraine was a tough one. Bro, Taiwan is not a pushover at all, even though people seem to think that. So that's number one. But that's not even the, that's not even the point. The point is that China is right now dealing with a massive problem. So you remember when I told you how China was growing its uh, GDP by like double digits for years? Yeah. Went from 200 billion to 20 trillion in 40 years, something insane like that. Yeah. So in, initially, the way this worked is was basically was legit, right? Chinese economy basically 
got unleashed from the totalitarian regime. Back in the 80s, the government said, well, we're lagging behind the entire world because we're basically running the economy like Soviet Russia and look what happened in Soviet Russia. We don't want that. That's not good. So what can we do? Let's just keep control of the country, but let's just liberalize the entire uh, trade and the economy, right? Mm-hmm. And let's just let it be. And that worked amazingly, right? We saw the numbers, double-digit GDP growth per year. But what ended up happening is for the past, I want to say, 10 years or so, China has been trying forcefully to maintain this growth artificially. And mm. it's been doing that by propping up its own real estate market. Mm. So China, I don't know if you guys heard this. Did you hear about the ghost towns and the roads that leading to nowhere? Yes. yes. Uh, Miguel right, talked Miguel about this. Talk about telling it. us about this. And then they also have like strange like Paris, like replicas and stuff. They have like, yeah, they have the Eiffel Tower and shit. Yeah. Major cities in, in, in the yeah. world, which I thought was very strange. And there's a bunch of buildings that are empty, but yeah. Continue. Well, that's more than a bunch of buildings. So basically what they're doing is the way you count GDP is, like I mentioned before, is basically how much stuff you make. If you're building and there's, there's things that are being created, value being created, that goes into your GDP count. Mm. But if you're essentially building, so what happens? These real estate developers, they build apartments. Nobody ever lives in these apartments. And that's not the intention. People buy these apartments because they know they can resell them later at a higher price because real estate in China always goes up, right? Stonks Mm. only go up. So real estate in China only goes up, right? So it's a speculative investment in China. People buy an apartment. They they most likely have never seen the apartment before. They never lived in it. It doesn't even have electricity or water. So they build up these apartments that are absolutely uninhabitable, bro. And there's nobody in that city. It's a ghost town. And people own these pieces of uh, these little boxes in the sky, but they can resell them later and make a lot of money. And this this greater full theory, which I think can be classified as a Ponzi scheme, if anything else, right, is basically at some point has to pop. There's only so long you can keep this going without the, the whole bubble actually collapsing. So... This works as long as things are great. But here's what happened. So in Mm. China, what happened is this whole project was fueled by massive debt. These real estate developers, I don't know if you heard about Evergrande about seven months ago. Mm -hmm. Evergrande was a big Chinese developer. They defaulted on like $300 billion of loans to foreign investors. And we were like, oh, shit, this is going to. And then we find out there were one of 30 companies. Like there's 30 more that are currently defaulting on loans. They were just like the canary in the coal mine. So basically what happened is these real estate developers, because they know there's a demand for these apartments and they're literally in the middle of nowhere. So they're basically trying to get as much money as they can as a loan, like we spoke about before, build as much houses and sorry, apartments and sell them. And as they're doing that and people are buying, everything is fine. But what happens when people are stop buying the apartments? What happens when COVID hits and the Chinese government decides to go zero COVID? Well, people basically get get stuck and they're like, oh, wow, okay, demand drops. And when demand drops, the Ponzi scheme stops because here, how's the Chinese stock, the Chinese real estate market works? It's the classic definition of a Ponzi scheme. The Chinese real estate developers are using customers' new money coming in to buy a new apartment to finish building the old apartments. Mm. And is that not a Ponzi scheme? I don't know how to define a Ponzi scheme in any other way, but this is literally the definition of a Ponzi scheme. Take new money. Yeah. Pay, old, pay old money, right? Yeah. So they've been doing that for, for forever. But now 
here's what happened. Zero COVID policy starts, which was a dumb decision, but yeah, it's communist. There's no checks and balances. So basically they did the stupid thing. And all of a sudden people are not buying apartments anymore. They're like saying, oh, we don't know what's going to happen, blah, blah, blah. So mm. there's no new money coming in and companies like Evergrande and 30 more companies are slowly defaulting on everything. It's falling apart. So because there's no new money coming in, they can't finish the old apartments. So now you have in China hundreds and thousands of apartments that are unfinished and are nowhere to be close to be finished. So people who are paying mortgages for three, four, five years are going over and seeing the project. It's not even, there's no tractors. There's nothing. Nothing is going on. Like, why the fuck are we paying mortgages? Yeah. So in China, in 90 cities in China right now, there's a mortgage boycott. People have literally said, we're not paying you a single dime on mortgage until we see some traction on our apartments. We basically wow. don't believe you, the developers. We don't believe you, the government. We'd rather lose the apartment, risk losing the apartment when they pay mortgage by giving you another dollar. It's how bad it's gotten. And when that happens, what happens to the little demand they had? Even that little demand basically goes boop because people are like, oh, shit, everything's falling apart. We're not buying an apartment right now. And that it's like a snowball effect. So China is right now dealing with that shit. I don't know if there's very little news about it for some reason. Yeah, I, I, don't I, didn't know even know, I didn't even know about it until you brought it to my attention that yeah. um, that there was a whole issue with um, Chinese real estate. I didn't. I had no clue about it. it. Makes, I mean, I knew about these ghost cities, but it makes sense now because, wow, they're building these structures. No one's in them. But it's because they're they're buying basically a promise to make money in the future. Yeah. But if the economy is down, then you can't make money because. And especially with them, like they really had to shut shit down because COVID started over there. And That's look, what happens in China when they protest? The last time, why don't why don't people protest in totalitarian countries? Russia, China, because it's fucking dangerous. You get yeah, killed. Get, it's you not like, getting hit with the. You get killed. Imagine with the risks that they take. There hasn't been a major protest in China since the Tiananmen Square which was the last time Nancy Pelosi was in China, I think. I'm not sure. But, <laughs> uh, but uh, since it's been a while, bro. So people are actually taking the streets right now in China, protesting. That's a that's actually risking your life. Imagine how bad things need to get. Is that where that famous photo was taken with the guy standing in front of a tank? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Which guy is that? By the that, way, I went to research this thing. The picture is banned in China. <laughs> yeah, picture is banned in China, but apparently the oh, guy did not like, get killed. He's alive. Oh, he's still alive? Yeah, I researched it, and it seems—I don't know for sure—but it seems that the man did not uh, did not perish. Yeah. Wow. Man. Yeah. Um, Mo, just search on Google um, uh, "tank chi- Chinese protester uh, tank," and it's gonna come right up. That picture is banned in China. Epic. It's like, a beautiful picture, bro. Yeah, and it's, it's from one man 80s, with a briefcase mistaken, standing right? in front of a tank. It's so beautiful. It's it's Concept. like in the, from the eighties, if I'm not mistaken. It's a very old. Yeah, it's the Tiananmen Square riots, bro. Yeah. So, um, okay. So, okay. So, wow. I did not know that it was that bad though, as far as, um, okay. So here's yeah, China's, a, right the whole Chinese economy is slowing down even by their official numbers. There it is. So right, there. Up the picture? Right, right there. Uh, oh, yep, wow. Yeah. Yep, yeah. Yeah. That's it. That picture so, is banned in China, my friends. Tan- yeah. They call it tank man. That's what it is. Yeah. Hmm. Um, iconic photo because, um, if I you get guys goosebumps know, when I see it. It's China's extremely um restrictive on you know any type of protesting or anything there is no first amendment in china my friends okay um Somebody, yeah, jonathan maybe. in your chat saying you talk about tiananmen square you go missing that's 100 percent true yeah well yeah. so okay so so we talked about a couple things so you don't think so and i guess so the real estate market is basically crashing there because people aren't paying portions uh, sorry they're not paying their mortgages so you foresee okay they're, they china does not have the capability to invite invade taiwan right now is what you're saying imagine or, you're a country with mm-hmm. aging population, mm-hmm. China is running a four-to-one scheme right now. Okay. The four-to-one scheme means there's two adults in every family unit taking care of one kid and four elderlies. 
Mm. It's basically it's it, imagine like China. You're a country right now. You basically put a pole stick up your ass by saying only one child, only one child. Okay, one child policy. Cool. Yeah. What happened when you did the one child policy? You created demographic crisis of epic proportions. Yeah. You have aging population, not enough workforce. Now we have the same problem in the U.S. But in the U.S., we can literally open the gate. And there's plenty of people who want to come in and work in the U.S. There's no shortage mm-hmm. of people who are interested to come in. Yeah. Who wants to live in China, bro? Who wants to immigrate into China? Let no them way. open the gates, bro. Nobody's going over there. I nope. mean, come on. So they yeah. don't have any immigration going on. So they can't fix that. Like the U.S. fixes that with immigration. So yeah. massive demographic crisis. People are not, excuse my French, are not fucking nope. making babies, right? So they, it doesn't seem like it's getting better. Not enough women you- too. too many dudes. Yeah. I hate to say it like that. But that one child policy, if you had a daughter, yeah. like, oh. No, we got to we got to kill this baby right here. That's, that's a horrible that's that's the horrible reality of being Chinese, bro. But imagine like demographic crisis check. Absolute political instability check. President Xi is not doing so well by the way in China. He has a lot of problems internally. On, on top of that, real estate crisis that the real estate market in China, you want to guess how much of it or how much of the GDP in China is the real estate like in its entirety? Uh, what, what, 30%. What 30%. 30% of the Chinese economy is that empty freaking properties, bro. Wow. If this shit goes down, the entire economy goes down. There's absolutely no way they can let this collapse. So, so they, people in the so, streets protesting. Going back to what you were saying before. So so basically, China, what they did was they artificially propped up their GDP by building yep. all these real estate properties, right, to get their yep. GDP up, look good on paper. But in reality, it was a bunch of bullshit. Like it's empty cities everywhere. No one lives in it. And now people are finally starting to get hip to it. And they're like, yo, we're not going to pay mortgages anymore. And you said this is going on in 90 cities? Yep. Bam. There's a summary right According there. According so- to S&P, uh, not this, I don't remember who did the estimates. I, I, I don't remember who did. But credible estimates are saying about uh, $150 billion of mortgages not being paid right now in China. Wow. wow. Yo, I just thought about it. What if you went to space? And built apartments and said, Hey, you want to buy one? <laughs> you can sell it for higher. Yeah. Like that yeah. might have a better ROI than investing in China yeah, right China. now. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> hey guys, real quick. I just I, I you guys know I don't like to look at my phone, but I only look at it when it's YouTube. And I'm looking right now and I see that we only got 1.4k likes, guys. Guys, Tom, number one, we need to stop the show. You guys need to like this goddamn video. And then yeah. more importantly, you need to subscribe to Tom Nash because he's yep. giving you guys a whole bunch of fucking sauce right now that you're not gonna get anywhere else. You guys yeah. are not gonna get information like this in mainstream media. I didn't even know about this real estate issue until Tom brought it to my attention when we were texting earlier. And I was like, yo, bro, let's talk about this on air. And you're not going to get this shit anywhere else, man. So welcome to Fresh Up Fit. Subscribe to Tom right fucking now. Like the goddamn video. And we need to push content creators like this up in the algorithm instead of these idiots over at CNN or, you know, Yahoo Finance or whatever that don't know what the fuck they're talking about. So um, like the video, guys. So we'll go back to um, – so we're talking about these ghost cities in China. Um, yep. Now, let's talk a little bit about – so we talked about reserve cur- – oh. Taiwan. So you foresee with all the issues that you just outlined just now that there's no way that China has the capability to invade Taiwan effectively. But Tom, I have a question. If it's what, an island, right? Taiwan question? No, no. This. Oh, okay. Relating to it. So if Taiwan's an island, right? I'm thinking like, okay, if I'm smart about it, I can either fly in and bomb them or surround them with ships. So I don't, I don't need that much manpower per se to take over Taiwan. Wouldn't that be like a viable option for them? I'm not a military strategist, to be honest. My military expertise are basically in uh, video games. <laughs> but I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Uh, uh, fresh. Uh, basically, the way this thing works is like if you are having to worry about paying your rent and getting food, and you're starving and you're getting evicted, are you worried about 
picking a fight with the big neighbor with guns next door or you're trying to take care of your shit first yeah think about it this way okay I mean, okay you have a neighbor and he's like i can probably take him but he has guns and or i can pay my rent and make sure that i actually have a place to stay in because like china is fighting through some existential shit right now they're posing as if they're like trying to take over the world but it's just an act they have massive like they're having trouble keeping the lights on remember china is not even independent in energy china doesn't have its own energy it has unfriendly borders the geography is a total dog shit all their fucking neighbors hate them i mean they have a lot of problems yeah mm-hmm. russia is is the, the, like i mean the, the russia is like their best friend you know uh, then mo- most energy comes from russia if i'm not mistaken right with friends like this i don't need enemies bro <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah no sure um Okay, well, I mean, that that puts things in perspective, man. Like, are they really going to invade Taiwan when they have all these problems at home? And China does a fantastic job, by the way, of suppressing any type of negative media about them, you know, yep. in their own country. You know, hey, nothing's going on. We're here. We're totalitarian, etc. So, you know, not many people know these things. So, hey, that's that's uh, I didn't even know because I, I for sure thought like, dude, because when I saw Russia pull it off with Ukraine, right? But Russia's been prepared for the for the sanctions, right? Since 2014, when they invited, I think they invaded yep. Crimea um, and they took over. Pretty much the U.S. had sanctioned them back then with Obama. And, you know, Putin was like, you know what? We're going to buy gold. We're going to, you know, yep. you know, get the ruble up, etc. We're going to be ready for the fucking sanctions. And then as soon as pussy ass Biden came in, bam, they invaded Ukraine. They got hit with the sanctions as expected. They got taken off swift. They got taken off all this other shit. But the ruble has been going up even with all this stuff going on. The ruble has been going up. So, I mean, uh, yeah, do you first? Yeah, when they like China 71 rubles per dollar, now it's 61. It was well, sorry. What was it? It was it, it went down 75 rubles per dollar. Now it's 61 rubles per dollar. So the ruble is stronger, by the way, since they invaded. Yes, that's what I'm saying. It's it's went up. So yeah. so that's why I was in my head. I was like, you know what, dude, if Russia pulls off this invasion and the sanctions don't fuck it up too bad, that might give China the nuts to invade Taiwan because it's they're pretty in, like they're in an identical situation almost. But uh, I guess well, Russia has all yeah, their their dog shit. Uh, look, I just want to clarify something that's very important to me. Please go ahead. Uh, I have Chinese friends. I love Chinese culture. I love the Chinese people. Yeah, this is not. I think the Chinese. Yeah, this is nothing against Chinese people. I I think the Chinese people are being held hostage by the Chinese Communist Party, which I don't think the average Chinese person gives a shit about Taiwan or the reserve currency. They just want to have a nice right. life. That's go true. home, fuck their wife, eat dinner, do it again the, the next day, and don't don't care. They don't care about the shit. But it's exactly the same thing we have. Governments, totalitarian governments, hold people hostage, and that's that shit has to stop, bro. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um. All right. So th- th- those are some co- compelling arguments for China not taking over, uh, invading Taiwan. So okay. Uh, what was the next thing? Uh, the chats or no? Yeah, I can hit the chats real fast. Hey and Tom, then... let us know if you're good on time. I'm good on time. Okay. All right, let me. I'll hit these super chats real fast. Okay, twenty bucks from Gabriel Esco's big fan. I'm part of the Tom's crew. Uh, learned stock options, learned them well. Uh, they are the cheat code to the market. Real recession will come in 2023, so understand the macro uh, environment and tread accordingly. Red pilled forever. All right. All right. Uh, fresh. You guys. It's Gabe, I think. Right? Is Gabe? Yeah, it's Gabriel S. Gabriel S. We got Tim. My buddy Tim Gabe. Says, I read you his text before we started. By the way, that, that was that's him. That's him. Oh, shout out yeah. to you, my well, uh, Gabriel. He exposed you, bro. There you go. Uh, Tim says, "Where to go or the crypto again?" Uh, Cultivate Crypto on YouTube and then Dollar Cost Crypto uh, as well on YouTube. CJ Dutton says 10 bucks. I'm a 23-year-old joining the Air Force for avionics in the next month. Is the Army Forces going to be affected by the crash as well? How do I prepare myself while in the service? Hmm. That's a good one. Um, Tom, you want to ask that or no? 
Uh, he's 23 joining the Air Force for avionics in the next month. I mean, the government is always very, very stable. Yeah, my buddies who did military always came out with more money than they came in. You come mm -hmm. in, they'll give you food, they give you clothing, they give you lodging. Yeah. You don't spend nothing about except tattoos. And uh, that's, <laughs> that's it. You, you usually come out richer. It's, I think the question is more like, what do you do with the money and how do you invest it? Yeah. And, uh, I think that's the right. I think for, and that's the, I have a financial education channel and I analyze the stock market. For 99.99% of people, uh, if they want to be in the stock market, just put it in an index fund and bam, don't bam. do individual stocks. It's just too hard. Yeah. Zerka Mot says, is ETH going to drop below 900 again? I don't know. It's uh, it's up now. It's close to 2,000. It's like 1,700, 1,800. Yeah. Um, okay, Zentians. Didn't OPEC dismiss Biden's request for increased oil production while simultaneously importing Russian oil and redistributing that oil while renaming themselves OPEC Plus? Is that a push to move away from the petrodollar? That's a good question. What's your thoughts on that, Tom? OPEC. Uh, okay, so it's been, there have been this a game. Okay, so first of all, OPEC doesn't have more capacity to give. That's the that's the big uh, secret. Everybody knows that. So OPEC is very close to max capacity as it is. And mm -hmm. when you, I'm not a, an expert in oil, but I had a, I have buddies who are experts in this industry. Mm -hmm. um, churning out oil is not as easy as turning on a knob. It's not like a faucet in your house. Yeah, it's very a lot of. It's a very long process. It requires a lot of capex, a lot of manpower, and it takes it takes a long time. And it's not you know just increasing capacity like that. After years of underinvestment because of COVID, because of uh, low pricing. It's not that easy to increase demand. I, and everybody knows OPEC are very close to being maxed out. So when they said no to him, mostly it's because they honestly don't have any more. And plus, it's a nice opportunity to stick it to him after what he did to MBS, which is a whole different story. Um, whether I think, look, Saudis and the U.S. have a symbiotic relationship. Mm -hmm. You have to understand the reason that Saudi and OPEC are on petrodollars is not because they like the U.S., the argument is like, oh, the U.S. has been exposed. They know the U.S. is evil. Now they will not want to be on the petrol. They never liked the U.S. and the U.S. never liked them. It's a symbiotic relationship. <laughs> the U.S. needs the petrodollar. Saudi needs U.S. protection as far as military. They need U.S. investments, U.S. know-how as far as production of oil, expertise, the entire set of infrastructure that the U.S. provides internationally, politically, geopolitically, financially. This is a symbiotic relationship. There's no alternative for either country to exist without each other. So I don't yeah. think this flirtations are going on, but it's like trying to get a better deal, pretty much. You want to, sh you, you know, like you want uh, your woman to look at, to see that our women are interested in you. So she knows that. Uh, so it's kind of that kind of game. It's like, oh, we have other options. No, you don't, motherfucker. Gotcha. Okay. Um, DL saying, I really want to know podcast, 100 bucks. Thank you so much, my friend. <laughs> Because I was in China 2016. We went from Beijing to Shanghai on the bullet train. I saw tons of new buildings. All were empty, small towns with no people everywhere. Now I understand why. Great content. Keep leading from the friend, gentlemen. Yeah, I had no, I had heard about these ghost cities from Miguel, but I did yeah, not crazy. know it was that why? bad. Why? Did I did not know if you guys why. want to see, there's a content creator. His name is Serpenza. And he actually has videos of him touring inside these cities, showing you these apartments and stuff. Like It's literally like Hollywood sets. Wow. Apocalypse. Now we know the why. Okay. <laughs> um, China is desperate right now. That's why uh, they will invade Taiwan before the end of the year. I don't know about that last thoughts. I mean, from what Tom is saying here, he might, he yeah. might have changed my mind as far as um, China not being able, not be, have it, being able to do it. I mean, if you're, if you got issues at home like that, where 90 cities aren't paying uh, mortgages and the government isn't as strong as they claim, and you know, you got propped up GDP. 
Are you really going to – can you afford to go to – I mean, will go, going to war increase the GDP, uh, you think, Tom, or help the economy in any Also, way? don't forget, if China stirs shit up with Taiwan, what happens to global oil prices? They spike. They do, By yeah. definition. Because every time you have a war, a conflict, China is a massive importer of oil. It's not, it's not going to be pretty for them. Okay. China has no oil of its own. So a military conflict is not in their best interest in any capacity. Mm-hmm. Okay. And and they've never actually been in a war. I don't know if you guys know, like their modern military has not been in, in an actual war yet. So that's another thing as well that people yep. don't know. Um, okay, we got uh, two bucks. Ali A. thank you so much. Um, 20 bucks from Zentience. Is Ever uh, Grande similar to BlackRock? BlackRock is borrowing consumer money to buy slash build a high value real estate for only rentals to echo what Claus Schwab's sentiment of the poor will have nothing and they'll be happy about it. I, I don't think they're similar. Evergrande is a real estate developer, the dedicated real estate developer in China. So what they did is they over leveraged themselves. Mm-hmm. They took a lot of debt to develop projects. They're classic like, contractor, but massive scale. Mm-hmm. And then when the projects went underwater, they couldn't repay the debt and they basically collapsed into themselves. Mm-hmm. BlackRock is a, is a massive global uh, financial behemoth. Yeah. I don't think they're similar. So I'll, I'll, I'll ask you this, Tom, um, real quick, and then we'll get back into the chats. Um, can you tell us a little bit, a little bit about um, Russia and China working together to try to destabilize um, the U.S. dollar as a reserve currency? You outlined fantastically earlier why China will never take over as a reserve currency. But is there a p- potential that if they partner up with Russia, which is maybe why they're doing this in the first place, that they'll be able to overtake the um, U.S. dollar's position as reserve currency? Uh, I'll surprise you. I think neither of those countries has a chance. Okay. But I th- I'm thinking of a country that might be a threat within the next, let's say, 15 to 20 years. Okay. And it's a country nobody's talking about. I think Russia and China are basically engaged in survival mode, masqueraded as some sort of a supremacy battle. I don't think that none of them are relevant in that aspect. Okay. Um, I think that the country that might actually pose a threat and it's kind of a sleeper and nobody's thinking about is India. If you think okay. about it, India has a massive young population, English-speaking, cheap production, it's stable, it's democratic, it has a rule of law, it has every single factor we talked about beyond, besides just the economy. They're just not rich enough. Mm. If India gets to the level where they actually is economically viably able to contend with the big boys, they're, they're going to be very competitive. Um, great workers, absolutely massive population, no demographic issues, uh, geographically speaking, no, no enemies. It's, it's just... Uh, good geography, India might be the one if you're actually thinking about a contender against the U.S., but uh, I don't think neither Russia or China. Look, Russia has the GDP of freaking Vermont. What? <laughs> and it's, no, I, I don't know. Not really oh, Vermont. Like, it, it has like a sh- rinky-dink GDP. I don't know. It's something ridiculously small. Because all Russia does really is just dig shit up from the ground and sell it. <laughs> they don't have anything else. That's literally their economy, bro. They dig shit up. They get gas and oil. But they have more natural resources. They do. They do. And uh, people don't know that. For they some have a, ton, a shit ton of resources. So yeah. they've never been incentivized to develop any sort of real economy. Because it's mm. so easy to just, let's dig, let's dig this shit up from the ground, Ivan. And let's sell it to somebody else. Like, make a lot of money. There's no need to educate yourself on anything. Right? <laughs> so <laughs> He's not the way, guys. Just so y'all know. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I can make these jokes. And, um, so with, with Russia, it's, it's such a rinky-dink GDP. And by the way, according to all estimates in 2022, Russia's GDP is going to shrink by 10%. Do you understand really? the, the magnitude of what we're talking about? That's so huge. Russia is, in, is dealing with 
as far as you know, uh, will the U.S. be able to topple Putin? No, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. But uh, is Russia hurting? Yes. Does Putin care? No, because uh, look, I'll explain. So there's economic But, warfare going on between Russia and the U.S. Right, mm-hmm. and in this war, according to every metric you can think of, uh, the U.S. is winning. But it's winning on points, right? It's mm-hmm. winning on points. The, the GDP in the U.S. is not reducing as much as Russia. There's uh, there's many different metrics. The U.S. is winning on points in every single category. Mm-hmm. But it's like being in the boxing ring with a guy who would not go away. So the only way the U.S. wins this battle is they if they knock out the, the, the Russia. They cannot win on points because it's a totalitarian regime. His people can suffer. They can be absolutely starv- starvation and total collapse. He's still going to be in power. It's not a democratic regime. He's not going to get booted out of office. Oh yeah, he so killed. Unless they agree with him. Yeah. So. Basically, unless you're going to knock them out, you're not going to win by points. There's no points. It's like, uh, you know, when you're in a gym and the entire gym is like judges who are like fucking rooting for the other guy. Unless yeah. you're going to knock them out, you're going to, you're not, they're going to rob you. <laughs> yeah. So it's exactly the same thing is going on with Russia. And, uh, but yes, so Putin is nowhere near to get in toppled. But Russia as an economy is really hurting from these sanctions. Make no mistakes about it. Yeah. And I think their main concern is more in, in the realm of China trying to survive this rather than take over anything. And so I'm not too concerned about Russia and China. Okay. So even if they were to uh, collude together, because from what I've been told, you know, I've, I've seen, you know, some other YouTube channels. There's a chess club, bro, in school that nobody cares about. They can collude in their little chess club all day. It doesn't matter. Nobody, it's irrelevant. So even if they <laughs> you know? together, they will, not, they're not going to make some magical. By the way, I'm sorry. I play chess. I, Dad, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I love chess. I didn't mean that. Like, my father would kill me, bro. I love to, I, I just using this as an analogy. No, no, no. It's all good, bro. I, I love chess. You cannot be Russian and not love chess, by the way. I would think the desperation would cause them to act, but uh, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, but, but I mean, I, I didn't realize um, that China wasn't as it was not um, as powerful as they said, because they make it they make it sound like they're they're on it, man. Ping is on it. Um, yeah. We need to red pill people about China, bro, because this is ridiculous. Yeah, everyone. To, I, I guess we got to take the China pill. <laughs> um, mm. Okay, so I'll, I'll hit some of these chats real quick. Um, all right, eight bucks from uh, Cool Lint- Linto. Uh, thank you so much. China only has one single aircraft carrier, no ships. Not a plausible way to attack. Source Signet Homie. Okay, how does China fund projects in Africa if they are so uh, they are in so much debt? And that's from Stephanopoulos. Excuse Tom? me. He he asked trying to fund projects in Africa if they are so much in debt. And this is true. I have seen them in Africa. I've seen them yeah. also in Bahamas. They're building roads and infrastructure and everything like that. What how are they he's saying how do they well, fund they're projects? doing this for cloud? They have an initiative called the Road and Belt Initiative. And uh, they mainly the idea was uh, let's do what the IMF has been doing for years. So the IMF has been basically doing this stunt where they'll come in, they'll uh, lend you money if you don't have any to build stuff you need, and then they own you. You you basically in their pocket for you. the IMF is like uh, running the scam for years, and they basically oh we're going to do the same thing and we're going to take over Africa and we're going to have so much clout in Africa it's going to be epic we're going to you know we want to sit at the table China is not fighting for dominance China wants to be accepted as equals bro that's the whole point mm. and they're trying to get clout so they can have a seat at the table but they gotcha. they're trying to posture as if they're trying to take over so they're like oh let's do it but this whole thing is basically blowing up in their face because they're spending massive amounts of money which they which they don't have. And this shit is basically not giving them any sort of honest, real results. You can look at what's going on in Pakistan, in all these other countries in Africa. Yes, they have clout over there. 
But uh, on the global scale, that doesn't really matter. I mean, it's, it's sad to say that, but okay. So they have more cloud in Africa. Sure. What does it matter as far as existentially not being able to feed your people and keep the lights on? I, I it's it's a grandiose project that is absolutely asinine and. Uh, um, I, I I absolutely you know when when they hear about it as oh China is taking over, <sighs> sorry bro, it's just it's just not happening for them. I'm sorry. Okay, all right. Hey all right. man, I'm learning a lot myself right now, man. Like geopolitics is not my thing, but I'm very interested in it. So I always like to listen to people that know more about it than myself. Uh, Gareth Winter, uh, China ships cannot loiter or blockade a country because they are fuel poor. U.S. has to blockade their oil shipments from the Middle East and blow up their Russian pipeline. They are done in three months. Okay. Mm. What if Saudi Arabia went back to the deal and stopped only accepting U.S. dollars for currency? Went back on a deal. D money, and that's from D money ten. Do you think I don't foresee that happening? I mean, what, what, we no. talk about their deal. Their um, they need each Look, other. Exactly. It's not about. Uh, Look, when um, when I got out of uh, I, I, law school and I didn't know I don't want to be a lawyer at that point. So I was doing like my first year trying to figure out if I like this shit or not. And I had this deal where I was working uh, with the, this partner in, off, in one of the offices I work for. And we were negotiating a deal. And basically, I drafted this, uh, this, this deal, uh, this contract. And I managed to send it to the intern of the, of the other firm. And it came back with no comments. And I went all proud to the partner and said, hey, look, I slipped all of the shit by them. They didn't catch none of this bullshit I basically put in to fuck them. And it's like, you're an idiot. I said, why? He said, you just created an unsustainable contract. They can't last. I mean, this piece of paper is not going to fucking hold up if it doesn't make sense for both parties. So go back, call him and fix the shit up, you idiot. Mm. And then like, th- that's the whole concept of contracts. It's basically this piece of paper is meaningless. What's, what's important is, does it make sense? Does it make sense for Saudi Arabia, OPEC and the US to be in bed together Totally. Is there a replacement for either party to find a different partner? There's absolutely none. So this whole chatter is basically empty noise, not to mention the fact that every time this goes up, the Saudis deny it. So the Saudis, there was a report a few months ago, the Saudis met with China about changing to RMB for oil deals in China. And two days later, the Saudi says, no, that's fake news. We've never done that. Mm -hmm. Mm. There you go. Uh, It's not about liking uh, the USA, bro. It's it's not personal. It's about interest. Yeah. All right, Gareth Winter, Air Force guy, you are good. It's not affected by economy if they want to spend less in DOD. They, redu- they reduce their recruiting, just save your money and get a cheap car, stay single, and go to school. Former Marine, yeah. yeah. With the military, you're always going to come out with more important. money. Stay single, my friend. Yes, don't get married, bro. They're going to try to get you for the benefits. Don't do it. Don't Kevin know. Smith, Russia will give them oil. Uh, well, okay, I guess. So his thing is that Russia is going to give China oil. Okay, fair enough. Yes, they will. They will, for sure. But, okay, what does it matter? Okay, they will give China. China still needs Russia. So, okay, so if you need Russia mm-hmm. to survive, where does it put you? As far as are you a global superpower? I, I I contend that you cannot be a global superpower if you don't have energy independence. It's impossible. So if mm-hmm. anything, if you're buying, if you if Russia decides to cut off the oil to China at some point, just because, yeah. what happens? China's fucked. If the U.S. gets cut out, no problem. Not to mention the fact we have our own Ukraine up north, which is basically pretty much as much oil as we can have. I mean, Canada. Yeah, Canada and Alaska. Oil. Yeah. Yeah. No, we have so much. Imagine like uh, it's a whole different situation where you're dependent on a dealer. Like uh, it's it's you can't say I'm the man when you don't have energy. And uh, China absolutely has no energy of their own. And that fact on its own 
is just enough to basically exclude them from the whole discussion of a global superpower. Okay. What would you consider are the global superpowers at this point right now in 2022? Which countries? Yeah. There's, there's only one. And I'll also argue there were always only one. So people will argue with me. Tell me which other super global superpowers we have by these standards. Think about it this way. We can okay. make an argument that the USSR was a counter global superpower. And okay. this argument will be partially correct because of the military strength and the political clout that the USSR held. But mm -hmm. economically, the USSR had the fucking GDP and economy of a chicken coop. It's absolutely point. It's 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 rinky dink fucking even worse than they have now. So if you don't have the economic might, and if the entire world doesn't want to be like you, and you cannot, and basically you cannot help others, you are not a superpower. And my my uh, understanding is we haven't seen in our lifetime another global superpower except the U.S. And I don't know when is the next time we'll see one. Mm. So your standards are because most people consider a superpower basically having nukes. Is I, I mean that's what well, like a lot of countries have nukes, bro. Yeah, Pakistan like, has nukes. That's true. Pakistan does have nukes, surprisingly. Um, mm. But they'll like, North yeah. Korea has nukes. It, yep, as well. You know, they'll look at it like well, the you know, can't afford his fucking electricity bill, and he has nukes. <laughs> what about the uh, UK? Yeah. Well, they they don't have they they can't sustain without um. They're not self-sustained from an energy standpoint, right? The UK, UK, yeah, and also the economy is not that great. I mean, the UK is great. The, the UK is a, reserve currency. Mm. They were the former, but go ahead. They, they, they used to, yeah. The, the UK used to be an empire back in the day, uh, but like it's not our modern lifestyle, modern modern lifetime. I think uh, um, in the early days of uh, the 20th century, the the whole British Empire was basically gone. The way we we read about it, it was no longer there. Okay. Um, this version of UK is a very, very good European country, solid, but and, and definitely, I mean, one of the best countries in 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 Europe. But uh, are there superpower? I don't think so. Uh, it's just so for your for your definite like for superpower. So what what do you think are the the the, the requirements of a superpower? So you have to have the strongest military, the most developed financial systems. Okay. You have to have the economic structure that is envied everybody wants to be like you your culture your lifestyle uh, you have to have a political influence and clout around the world you have to be able to be kind of the world's policeman all these stuff the the u.s has been doing for years and um, much less now under biden by the way which is one of the mistakes of this uh, administration which is basically stopping policing the world every time the democrats step in they they tend to go on this oh why should we police the world because this is the this is how you maintain your status as the global superpower. It's important because nobody else is going to do it. Otherwise, it's going to be chaos. But there's no other country in the world that can step in right now and replace uh, the United States. And with the way with the way the system is set up, is I don't I don't see anybody really contending that. America, yeah, all right. Uh, <laughs> America needs a little bit more patriotism, bro. I think there's such a fucking trend of these Gen Yeah, Zs I mean, I, I say self hate the world and people talk shit. Oh, you're by what metric, motherfucker? Move to China. I, I hate this. Like when you say America's a great country, by what metric? Move to China, my guy. No problem. Move to Uzbekistan. Move to Iceland. Move to wherever you want to live. No problem. Why does everybody wants to live in the U.S., bro? Okay, so Andrew Tate wants to live in Romania. I get it. it makes a valid argument. <laughs> but unless you Andrew Tate, you probably want to live in the U.S., bro. Yeah. It is <laughs> For other reasons, right? That most people can't yeah. really. Uh, he's doing it for like you know tax purposes, everything else. Yeah. Like most if Americans, you have Andrew Tate money, oh. sure, and you have his personality, Romania might be the best country for you. But I mean, yeah. for a normal person, I mean, there's no better place to live in. 
Yeah, no, absolutely, man. And, and that's why I make fun of people that come here and, or people that are born here and raised here. And by the way, people. I love Iceland. I was just giving examples of other countries. I didn't say that they're bad. I could have said uh, France, Germany, insult everybody. Let's insult every other country. Of, real quick, because um, I've heard about this. And you, you could tell me what you think, think about this. I, I was, I was uh, talking to this girl. She's from Spain. Um, and she was telling me that she didn't want to go back to Spain because the power bills have like doubled or tripled in oh, price. Yeah. Something like 300 euros or some shit like that for, for electricity. Um, and it's happened ever since this Ukraine uh, conflict. Yep. Um, and, and I know Germany is experiencing some of this right now as well, yep. uh, because I think, if I'm not mistaken, they get their, their gas or their power, uh, or a lot of their natural resources come from Russia. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So basically what happened is uh, Europe has... Uh, like the video, uh, sorry. So yeah, no problem. <laughs> uh, what happened is that Europe has uh, went full um, woke. Yeah, uh, and they basically said, "Well, the environment is the most important concern we have. We have no geopolitical concerns ever. We'll never have. Everybody's going to be singing Kumbaya on the campfire, and we're all going to be best friends forever, ever, ever. <laughs> the most European thing you can think of. Like, you know, <laughs> they're all fucking uh, holding hands and like." So in that case, let's just find the most sustainable thing to do, which is let's just use natural gas and not pollute the environment. Let's all be all uh, friends together. And who has the natural gas in Europe? Russia. Russia. So Russia became the prime supplier, pretty much the almost exclusive supplier of natural gas uh, to Europe, not to mention they're already the main supplier of oil. Uh, Germany, you mentioned before, they basically destroyed their own energy industry. They've shut down their nuclear power stations which absolutely do not pollute at all they've they've dismantled their coal plants and basically they went all in on this russian gas and russian oil mm -hmm. so now not to mention the fact that basically in every time you have a conflict in europe prices of energy go up because it's more volatile right but on yeah. top of that russia is artificially uh, causing a disruption in in supply we heard about that they're they're basically not cutting off but they're sending much less Mm -hmm. Basically, if you the reason that the electricity bill is spiking and the gasoline price is going up is because Russia is basically fucking with them. It's mm -hmm. Like Russia is saying, look, we're going to make the same money we did before the shit started because the prices have spiked so much, but yep. we're going to give you less and you're going to suffer and we're yep. going to squeeze you until you do what you want. Exactly. And the reason they can is because Europe went woke and basically said, well, Russia, you have our balls. Here you go. <laughs> and this yeah. is the result. That's and why you, you stay energy independent as much as you can. Yeah. And yeah, and they sanctioned Russia, and uh, it's it's backfiring on them. You know, uh, you know the U.S. Like we're not feeling it as badly, but Western Europe, man, they're 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 getting it. And I, I've I've talking to spoken yeah. to a couple of European chicks and you know people from Western Europe, and they're like, bro, it's fucking terrible. Gas and um, energy prices and electricity in, in itself is it, it doubled and tripled since this situation's happened. So also, don't forget the fact that once Russia squeezes, somebody says Spain gets gas from Algeria. Whatever. It doesn't matter. It's global pricing systems. Once Russia squeezes the demand of gas, of natural gas, there's less natural gas in the world. The prices of natural gas go up. Bam. Russia can, can do that even if they're not the supplier. It's, it's a global system. The pricing is universal. So it's not about who's supplying the gas. So uh, also, don't forget, Europe gets really cold in the winter. We <laughs> haven't seen winter yet. And it's going to be a big question mark to see what happens in the winter. Uh, because Putin will have a lot of leverage back uh, when this, when they'll need uh, to heat their houses and 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 basically, uh, Putin will have a really interesting choice. So I think in the best interest of Europe is.
to somehow find the deal to get Putin to back off of, of Europe, off of Ukraine before this uh, the, the winter gets uh, gets in. Because wow, um, if Putin decides, he can literally um, he can freeze them and bad. It's it's not going to be pretty. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and, and that's, that's why I want. That's why I want to talk about that energy thing because a lot yeah. of the Western European countries are kind of suffering from these sanctions. You know, um, yep. okay. Uh, Luckily, so, in the U.S., yeah, people ahead. who've been advocating for like, uh, oh, we need to get rid of the oil industry. No, motherfucker, you need it. Yes, the yes, the oil industry are assholes. Yes, mm-hmm. I agree with that. They're evil and they're greedy. Sure, but you need them. Because you cannot live in this perfect illusion of what the world could be and should be. You have to be pragmatic about shit. You have to have risk management. You cannot put all your eggs in one basket. And that's why this whole let's get rid of the oil industry narrative is finally dying down. I'm pro-Tesla. I'm pro-environment. But I, you cannot kill that that industry without having a viable alternative, which mm-hmm. you don't have yet. There's yeah. less than 2% of the world's energy coming from sustainable energy like that. There's 98% still like oil and the gas, uh, natural gas and stuff like that. So it's like destroying that before you have a solution is kind of a moronic stupid. move. <laughs> very, very stupid. Hey, guys, quick little announcement. I need you guys to, number one, like the video, and then, number two, subscribe to Tom Nash's. Links are all below, man. Check him out on his YouTube channel. I'll put his Patreon down there. And then also in the title, his channel is tagged, man. So make sure to subscribe to his channel. Take two seconds right now and subscribe to his channel, guys, so you guys can get based information like this when it comes to geopolitics and finances. Um, real quick, Tom, I, and I know we, you got to get going here in a second, but stock market, hit us with the stock market. What should people do? I know you just went and alluded to a little bit with the index funds and everything else like that, but can you give the people a quick straight up with you? It goes market. against the nature of my channel. So I analyze on my channel stocks and stuff like that. And yeah. I'm going to say something that's detrimental to my channel. So uh, you don't need to watch my channel. If you're interested in investing in the stock market, get the S&P 500. Or an equivalent ETF like that. Yeah, that's that's very hard, nearly impossible to beat. I don't know if you guys know this, but eighty percent of not including Nancy Pelosi. Mm-hmm. I think 80- it's like 80%. I, think, I know what you're going to say. It's like ninety percent actually. They, they can't so, beat the S and P five hundred index. The longer you go, then the higher the number goes. So okay. you're right. So yeah. it's eighty percent after five years, ninety percent after fifteen years, ninety-five percent yes, after twenty years. Long term is yeah. the key. So My the best. longer term you go, you're right. The less and less, even on a five-year or six-year basis, professional fund managers, eight out of ten of them, lose to the S&P 500. Yeah. Simple. So if you think you can do better than professional money manager, unless you're Nancy Pelosi, you're probably not going to beat it. Just just stick to the index funds, stick to the S&P 500, and put the money and forget about it. Active trading, picking stocks, it's a very dangerous game. And I think most 99% of retail investors should not engage in that. Mm. And, and the fact that you, you know, hey, this is going to go against my channel, but I'm going to tell you anyway, that goes to show yeah. the integrity of your boy, uh, Tom Nash here, guys. So that's why you got to go subscribe to his channel. Check him out because he talks about other things outside of the stock market, guys. You know, I watch his channel. Um, that's what, 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 you know, that's where I got the reserve currency discussion from. I was like, yo, we got to talk about this. Um, yeah. Well, because I know the audience. You're the only channel outside of the financial niche that is even talking about these issues, which are massively important issues. But nobody's covering yeah. that because they don't respect their audience enough. Well, yeah. Our audience will not look at how many people in the chat are, are interested in this shit. No, they are. They yeah. love it. And and guys, like the video and subscribe to this channel. But I will say this real quick. So for the people that do want to know, do you want to give the people a little bit about like what stocks you're looking at or what you're interested in and what you follow? 
Well, right. Look, I have to say your portfolio, but whatever you want to share. My portfolio, forty percent of my portfolio is in the S and P five hundred, and everybody okay. knows that. That follows my channel. Mm-hmm. Um, I have individual stocks, but at this point, if the the amount of uncertainty in this market right now yeah. is just so crazy, you'll never guess the the way it's going. It's behaving like one of them crazy axes <laughs> that you know show up to your house. It can be you're super happy and offer you a blowjob or it can try to axe murder you the next day. It's just crazy. Exactly. I, I, at this point, I would just, even I kind of say, well, this is just, I don't know. Might yeah. go explode or might go, I, I'm the safest bet right now, just stay in the index funds long term and just just let it ride. I mean, there's big, now, some but... big boys with a lot of money. Don't forget, 80% of money in the stock market, 80 cents on the dollar is institutional investors. People with more money than you, more resources than you, more information than you, way quicker than you, and you're trying to play against them. The shorter the mm-hmm. game you're playing, day trading is the shortest, which is absolutely stupid. It's like <laughs> trying to play a basketball game one-on-one against an NBA player, bro. Why would you do that to yourself? Why would you day trade against fucking an institutional investor? Like he has, it's just ridiculous. So the longer you be, the longer you go, the more you eliminate the advantage they have. So day trading, swing trading, long-term investing, long-term index investing, you're basically saying, well, long-term index investing, I'm absolutely insulated from whatever games they're playing in the short term. And trust me, they're playing a lot of games. And usually the victims are the 20%. The 20 cents on the dollar that are retail investors usually get screwed. That's the whole system. It's set up like that for you guys to lose. So in order for you not to lose, just stick with the market as a whole, as an ETF, S&P 500, and let them play these games and don't get suckered in, into this gambling mentality. And Tom, just out to your point as well, wow. they also have automations too. So automated bots trading for you. So like for you to be... Alg- algorithm, bro, you there's that, algorithms. Bro. Yeah. Fresh, I'm going to blow your mind right now. There's yeah. algorithms, what you said right now, there's algorithms. And mo- the moment the fucking quarterlies hit the, the Edgar system, the, the filings, right? Yeah. Within 10 seconds, this algorithm has scanned it and seen exactly what the projections, and it's an AI. So it knows yeah. not just the gross profit, the operating margins, what's the projections for next year, what's the anticipation. Is it within 10 seconds, it's already traded. You didn't even open the PDF yet, and it's already yeah. inside the trade. So how are you trying to f- fucking get it into a fist fight with a cyborg? What's the point? It's stupid. It's funny because uh, I'm a part of one of those groups where like you have to be invited in to get into the automated system, and I put 10K in. I've already made 8K in like three, three months. It's crazy, bro. Damn. It's crazy. It's a, uh, it's a machine doing it for you. I, I, I'll I'll say this, man. Uh, mm. I mean that that I didn't even know that. Like the you breaking it down. I, I'm learning right now on the podcast. So eighty so eighty percent of the people that are in the stock market are basically institutionalized. So you yes. as you, you you're coming in as a small dog. You don't have nearly the same amount of resources, and you're trying to you yeah. play poker, Myron. You play I poker? Play poker. I don't gamble at all. Okay, if you play poker, the, imagine playing uh, against somebody who has a massive massive uh, chip advantage over you mm-hmm. he has 80 20 so you, he has four times more chips than you and only two of you at the table yeah you you're not going to beat this guy unless something extraordinary happens yeah unless he's going to do something very 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 stupid you cannot it's just the stack the deck is stacked against you yeah and i didn't realize it was not that only bad. that like they're 20. friends with all the ceos they're friends with every of course there's no insider trading there's no insider i'm not saying there's no insider. <laughs> they know shit bro <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> they know shit that so, you don't know so way before you do. More than another person, like once you're informed to know, like yeah, how it actually works behind the scenes, you can win all the time. 
Yeah. I mean, it's wild. And, and and me, honestly, I'm heavily into index funds, right? I'm not really, I got chewy, ha ha ha, you know, for jokes, right? Um, which is, you know, the dog food shit, because yeah. we, I think I predict that there's going to be more single women, but I do that more for trolling, you know, and for fun. But yeah, I mean, individual stuff. It's just not sexy. You know, Myron, they'll tell you like, oh, the S&P 500 does like 8% a year. That's not sexy enough for me. Motherfucker, 8% a year over 10 years. It's a lot of money. Yeah. With, uh, with very minimal risk profile compared to day trading yeah. stocks, which is pure gambling. Absolutely, man. I, I'm, I'm a big fan of, uh, you know, diversifying. You know, I, I got cryptocurrency. I, I'm in the index uh, funds. You know, I've, I got uh, two funds. I've, I got one that tracks the total stock market and then I got one that tracks the S&P 500, um, yeah. you know, on Vanguard. And then obviously most of my stuff, most of my money is in real estate. But, you know, I'm obviously diversified because I think you got to have all asset classes. So yep. and then cryptocurrency as well. So I mean, Invest Bitcoin and Ethereum. Crypto is a good question. We can do it maybe on the next show because with crypto, yeah. it's very dicey. Depending with crypto as a, as a group, I wouldn't I wouldn't generalize it because like there's a big spectrum. And on the one hand, you have Bitcoin, which I don't think is ever going away. Yeah, it's great. And then you have a lot of question marks. I don't know. Yeah, I put Bitcoin and Ethereum in one, and then you got yeah, all the other in the last coins. Everything else is uh, is very speculative. Yeah, yeah. I, I got Bitcoin and Ethereum. That's where but my yeah, money goes. Exactly. A sure bet is monkeypox. Invest in monkeypox. Okay, <laughs> what the fuck? That's my sign. That's my sign. <laughs> all right. Uh, so okay, Tom. Uh, okay, I'll read these uh, chats real quick, and then we'll and then we'll close it out. So uh, that means we are in Saudi treating U.S. like Maine and China the side, pretty much. This podcast is gold from Emil Johansson. Yes, so this podcast is gold, guys. Subscribe to like Tom Nash on follow, YouTube follow Tom. right now. Subscribe to this channel. Click the links below. Check them out on Patreon. Check them out on YouTube. And I learned so much in this podcast, bro. Yeah, I'm learning myself. Yeah. Uh, Russian oil, so for rich, you need a high-tech uh, refineries to produce quality petrol and diesel. Does China have them? I don't know. Tom, China, do you know the answer to that one? No, the problem isn't the refineries. They don't have their own. Um, it, you have to have... You have, you have to be blessed by God <laughs> to have it. Some countries have it. Some countries don't have it. Don't, the U.S. Yeah. is the most blessed of them all because it has it in the ground, in the ocean, and at the friendly neighbors on both sides of the fence. Mm. Imagine friendly neighbors up top, friendly neighbors on the bottom, both giving you sh shit ton of oil. Oil in the ocean and oil in the ground. No, no enemies and basically uh, oceans on both sides. Can you imagine a better geography to put a massive superpower on? One one thing I learned. Uh, one thing I learned from this podcast from you, Tom, that I didn't really think about is geography is very important to it's your key. status as it's a country. Key. Your geography is actually very critical. Mm -hmm. Having friendlies around you, which you know, you think about it. Yeah, China is surrounded by people that hate them. <laughs> like, you know, you know how much money you invest if you inv if you're trying to constantly actively defend your borders. Mm -hmm. How much more money can go to infrastructure, R&D, education, all that stuff you need to develop and GDP? Yeah. Wow. You know the anime uh, Maggie? You ever heard about it, uh, Tom? Maggie? No, I don't think I have. Is that so there's a character in there called Sinbad, and his, his nation is called um, uh, Sindria. But he's made allies with every country around him so that, like, if anything happened, he had help from any everywhere. So, like, mm -hmm. that power, having, that, having allies is very important. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, I, I, it was something that I didn't think about as far as like a That's country's crazy. ability to have powers, having friendly neighbors and good geography. All right, Dirty Nicker. Uh, Ray Dalio measures every res uh, measures reserve currency power for chain world orders. China RMB is on the rise, like previous powers of British, Dutch, etc. Thoughts? No, it's not. We talked about he's why. He's trying China. to sell a book, guys. He's trying to sell a book. I would always <laughs> respect to Ray Dalio, but I mean, he's promoting a book and there's a theory and uh, his theory is just as good as mine. Uh, he has more money to promote his book but uh, you know do the research 
It's 2022. You can go online. All this information is public. Decide for yourself who's right. Tom, we need your book, bro. Nigerian Flex, 10 bucks. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Alexander the Woke. What about uh, CBDC in 2025? What does that say? Mo, move your, the, the CBDC. Yeah, CBDC in 2025. Food shortages adapt 2030. And New Atlas has good info and based on WEF plans. Also, Belt and Road Initiative. Oh, but I, I don't understand. Sorry, I don't understand the question. My apologies. Yeah, I honestly don't understand. Just by two, man. Don't worry about it. Uh, well, I appreciate the, the super chat, but I honestly don't understand it. Okay. Yeah, it's confusing to me as well. U.S. only superpower in conventional warfare with nukes. No one wins. U.S. is the only country who is not fuel poor. Okay. Yeah. Um, but did, did you war. notice I haven't mentioned nukes not once when I was talking about superpowers? You did not. Yeah. You did not. And I think a lot of people, it, it, myself included, may be ignorant for thinking that way. But it's like, oh, you don't got nukes, so you, you ain't a world power. But then again, you made mm -hmm. a good point. North Korea has nukes. You can't use nukes. Nobody will ever use them. That's called the balance of terror. Yes. Yes. If one um, uses, assured, everybody dies. Assured destruction. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Mutual, um, mad mutual short destruction you yes. know the terms better than me <laughs> uh mr house uh no man I'm, I'm learning from you bro like i said geopolitics is something i'm very interested in but i i'm, I'm like still learning it trying to grasp it more uh war with taiwan isn't about chinese sovereignty it's about distracting the chinese people from overthrowing the communist government as their economy and demographics collapse the likeliness of conflict rises okay mm. Um, five bucks from R Rusty uh, Shackelford. It's funny how people who criticize America the most benefited the most from the economic system of the U.S. Respectfully, if you don't like it, leave. Fair enough. There you go. Zentians, the lack of patriotism mm -hmm. in the U.S. is due to the hedonistic, selfish, and self-destructive ideology replacing the nuclear family, sense of duty to your country and family, honor and sacrifice to something more than uh, vain trends. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's because we have the First Amendment. We uh, we protect people's ability to talk shit about the United States, which is why they do it. Brandon and that's You know, there's an old joke by Ronald Reagan who was the best yeah. joker ever. He was mm -hmm. like, uh, uh, he's like a man in the in the the an American and the Russian meet in 1985, and mm -hmm. the American says, "You know, our country is better because I can step in into the White House, bang on the desk, and say, Mr. Reagan, you're doing a horrible job as a president.'" And the Russian says, "Well, I can do the same thing. I can step into the Kremlin, bang on the desk, and say, Mr. President, Mr. Reagan is doing a horrible job as a president." <laughs> 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 oh man ally sub just because of that nancy pelosi joke uh thank you so much bro there you, go. you better sub uh sub to us and sub to tom and then we got um uh, 50 bucks from uh rzp razor power. Uh, uh, razor power uh off topic today we remember the fly king he took an airplane flew around a bit did a barrel roll and then nosedived into the ground he was going through a nasty divorce 29 years old this is why more men need the red pill keep it the good work guys we got you man uh mm -hmm. michael me stroke 10 bucks thank you so much and then 20 bucks alessio pavone last one great conversation keep it going find me on instagram we're definitely gonna have tom back on the show guys yeah. so don't worry um, i'd love to come back this has been a blast plus we spoke for like 20 minutes off air which they don't know which was also pretty fun. yes yes we need, we need a patreon like behind the scenes yeah of us just talking shit uh michael me stroke balance of terror tom. It, tom nash yes absolutely my friends um so Tom, that was a great show, man. I know we're tight for time. I feel bad that we held you a little bit longer than we were supposed no, it's to. It's been a blast. I don't stay where I don't want to be, bro. Okay, <laughs> all right, cool. I just want—I felt bad. Can you tell the people where they can find you, man, and uh, any new yeah. projects you got going on? Like the video, guys. Uh, so you can find me on all social media at I am Tom Nash. It's basically Instagram and Twitter, mostly on Twitter. IG, I don't check. Myron can attest to that. I check it every few months, but yeah. on Twitter, I, I'm very active. <laughs> well, uh, I am Tom Nash. 
Yeah, you can find me on my channel, Tom Nash. You can find me on the channel called Money Talks, where I do a bi-weekly show, which is kind of like a, like the ESPN uh, uh, debate show with Skip Bayless and, uh, and uh, what's his face, Stephen A. Smith. We have just yeah. about stocks, uh, first take, but for stocks, it's called Money Talks. And uh, you can find me on my podcast channel, Tom Nash Podcast, and that's pretty much it. Bam. All right. Links are below, guys. Check him out, man. Go subscribe to this channel, man. Like the video, guys. I hope you guys really enjoyed that. That was a great conversation, based conversation. A bunch of I learned a bunch myself. Man, I stayed quiet because I was listening. Yeah, to dude. That was that was awesome, was man. So, uh, Tom, it was awesome to have you. And, uh, yeah, guys, we're going to have an after-hour show. I think we're going to start a little bit earlier tonight. We're going to probably have it around 8.30 or 9. Yeah, 9. Okay, guys. Is this the show with all the things, uh, with, with all, all the, the girls chicks, and stuff? Bro, you need to come out here. Yeah, dude. No, 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 no. You know, I'll tell you this story. Okay. When, <laughs> Go ahead, please. When I'm hungry... I tend to stay away from the pizza parlor. <laughs> As a married man, I'm probably not, it's not a good idea for me to hang out in places like this. Yeah, okay. fair enough. That's fair. You want to stay fair away enough. from the temptations. <laughs> we respect it, man. We respect it. Discipline in the guy. Um, he's Tom Nash, guys. Check him I out. I believe in the um, one penis, one pussy per relationship. That's just uh, how I was raised, bro. Fair enough, man. Fair enough. We, we, I respect it. I mean, that's, that's not what we do. We womanize over here, but hey, I mean, I, we respect it. It's probably safer in these times, but yeah. Yeah. Keeping it up. <laughs> you don't get the, you don't get the hiv. Yeah. Um. With these girl, dirty girls out here, man. But uh, guys, here's Tom Nash. Subscribe to his YouTube channel. Like the goddamn video. We'll catch you guys back here in about an hour, hour and a half at the most. Love you guys. Peace. Peace.